Welcome, everybody, to episode 109. Definitely not episode 108. <laughs> um, we got the whole crew with us again. Um, we're on a, a streak of two, which is awesome. I uh, love it when you can both make it. All three of us can make it. Uh, so let's let's do some catching up. Well, what have you been up to, Chris? So um, from the last show, I had mentioned that I had gotten a copy of Tactics Ogre Reborn for the PlayStation 5, and mm. I have been playing a lot of Tactics yeah. Ogre. I've been waiting to hear mm. what you think. I have been ogring it up, as the <laughs> kids say these days. <laughs> no one says that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In the, in the parlance of the young people. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's lit. And I'm ogring it up. So um, <laughs> so is it mid or is it hype? It's, uh, sure. <laughs> it's ogre, man. That's what it is. It's ogre. So um, I, I've been playing the crap out of it. I'll be really honest. I've been putting a lot of time into this game and staying up too late at night. Um, and should when I should be going to bed. But it's definitely one of those where you're like, uh, oh, yeah, I could squeeze one more battle in here, right? <laughs> How long does like a, a round take you, like a, a map? It depends a lot. So, I mean, there are bigger battles than others. Like, they're not always the same number of party members. So, like, you might have you, one battle with, like, six party members, and you might have some with 12 for a Do you kind of know before you start the battle so you can kind of judge you're like i do have another time to sneak one more in or yeah so like before each battle it comes up on a screen and it talks to you about like here's the win conditions and then um battles will also have bonus conditions if you meet them you'll get like extra things and it will tell you what those bonus conditions are and what the rewards are for doing those so it might be uh win with a dragoon in your party um collect a buff card debuff enemies right and so okay these are things and you know they're not very hard to get um other than like have this in your party well i mean if you don't put one of those in your party you're obviously not going to get that thing but usually the reason they're trying to get you to do that is because the battle you're fighting would be useful to have one of those in your party but (laughs) um on the screen though it'll show you like oh here's your here's your current party mix and up at the top you'll see like here's how many you're allowed to have max in the party for that battle and you can also do a scout so it'll let you see the battlefield all the enemies that are on there so you can check out exactly what you're fighting and what the terrain is like and everything else and and then and mix your party up and put them in whatever configuration you want so that's really useful because the beginning it's like most of these games you just have like a few class types so there's doesn't matter a whole lot but later in the game like there's certain class types like you want against certain enemies like okay if you have if you're going to be fighting a dragon or some beasts you want a dragoon because the dragoons have these abilities that basically just annihilate them and if you don't have one in your party there it takes forever to beat the crap out of these things so that sort of stuff right or like there's certain kind of train you're like okay man archers yeah definitely definitely i need archers in this one um or oh this one's undead so i have to have you know priests that can you know get rid of the undead or whatever so it's nice that they mix it up they give you a really good reason to use all the different classes it's not like some of those where it's like oh these are my strong guys that hit hard i'll always use right. them um, so is there more classes than you have slots on your team so you yes. have to kind of mess around every time yes so um you yeah you can't cram like one of each in most battles even if you wanted to i mean some of the 12 battle ones you 
probably, but even then, you can, part of the gimmick in the game is you can recruit the enemies, and that includes like their regular characters, and also includes like the beasts and things. So like if you can recruit dragons or you know like octopuses or you know ogres or whatever, right? And then you can have them on your team. So there's like a lot of different classes and things that are available. And you, a lot of it is learning like, okay, obviously they have these abilities and this is when they're useful to put them in this situation. Um, again, like early on when you're learning, you use whatever you got. But once you start getting a few in there, um, you start learning like, okay, this is when I should use this. And they've got um, these marks in there that you can get so if you want to change like one of the characters to a different class you can do that so you want your main guy to be you know a knight now instead of a whatever you can do that do they keep skills in their previous class or is it like totally into the new class now they keep their weapon skill levels but they don't keep their job skills so that's the the difference so um, there are certain um, skills you level up by using them. So that'd be like weapon-based skills or like for some mages have like a spellbook skill. So the more spells you use, the, the higher that goes up instead of like a weapon class. Um, and some jobs can use many different kinds of weapons. So if you want to train them up on each one of those different classes, you're gonna have to put time into them. Right. Um, and then there's some classes, you know, you're probably never gonna hit with anything. So even though you might equip the stuff when your skill list is there, you may not even choose to equip the skill for the weapon and it never levels up because it's just a slot you don't want to waste because you're never going to hit anything anyway. So there's a lot of diversity that's in there. Uh, again, like there are very few battles where you just kind of go on dumb autopilot, but even for those, it literally has AI battles. So if it's just a scrub fight, <laughs> So you can just actually autopilot. Yeah, you can just turn AI on and like there's four AI classes basically like be an all-out attacker, be kind of a defender, be a ranged attacker or be like a healer. And you can set those and just go to town. So I do that a lot of times because um, if I want to skill up like a weapon, right? Well, I mean, you can fight these fights but your experience level is capped for each character so you have what's called a party level and so as you're playing through the game you know if your party level is 25 none of your characters can go above 25 in their experience and their skill with their weapon can't go past 25 either but you know maybe you want to teach them to use several different kinds so you can swap them out put that skill on and then you can do what these training battles and training battles are ones where your guys can't really they can't die i mean they basically they get knocked out and they're just done and they leave the fight and so you use those you don't really you also don't get items so they're really just experience and training for like skills and those are usually really easy so i just auto ai those and so i can just have the computer doing it while i'm goofing off doing something else and you don't really have to do any of that um, I'm just kind of the type of player where before I go into newer things, I like my guys to kind of be at the top of the level. So that right. way their fights are easier. But even if you just did it organically, it'd, it'd be pretty normal. 
But um, yeah, I mean, it's got story. It's not too thick, you know, and I don't know. It just gets the tactics stuff really good. It's deeper. So like Trilight really like triangle strategy, obviously, but this one's deeper than that. And there's more mechanics, but not to the point where you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to play this. This is too much, <laughs> right? Not like Final Fantasy Tactics can sometimes be like, oh, my, uh, you know, I'm a Capricorn and this guy's a Leo and I have to know, you know, how that interacts. That's not here. Um, so yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with it. And um, I'm in chapter three. Uh, my understanding is there's four chapters and then there's this kind of like what they call it, the coda. So kind of the after bits and there's okay. missions through that. And then apparently there's this mega dungeon that's available uh, as, as available as well. So yeah. Is that a new dungeon added to this version or was that always in there? My understanding is that this was in the PSP version as well. So basically Tactics Ogre Reborn is a refashioning of Tactics Ogre Let Us Cling Together for the PSP, which was a remake of like Tactics Ogre, I think like <laughs> PlayStation or Saturn That's, or something. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and they've made it better each time. So like now, like from what I understand, like the PSP version, you can only have like 50 characters total in your army. And so in this one, you can have like up to 100. I don't know why you'd want that many, but you can, like I said, recruit guys. So right. you, that can actually be pretty useful because sometimes you might be in a battle and you're outnumbered. You, just, you need 10 octopuses sometimes. So Well, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But um, like you might be in a battle and it's not often, but you might be outnumbered. So it's going to be really tough for you. But what you can do is recruit some of the enemies in the battle and then now they're fighting for you. And right. you get to keep them afterwards. So yeah, there's a lot of different things to it. A lot of... And recruiting other element, other characters takes forethought and skills that you have to have equipped and ready. And so, yeah, it it takes a lot of thinking, but I, the kind I like. So uh, enjoying it. It's very sure. good. Yeah. I would uh, highly recommend it if you like if you like triangle strategy and you want something that's maybe a little deeper and a little extra layer of complexity, but nothing that's going to make you want to pull your hair out. Um, other than that, uh, I continuing my Star Trek watching. I watched Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country because um, I had totally forgotten exactly what on earth that movie was. Um, it's kind of those things when I was a kid. Like these movies were on HBO a lot. Like they just got replayed a ton. But Star Trek VI was late enough to where um, I didn't have HBO, so I I saw it maybe once or twice, and that was it. What year did that one come out? Yeah. I want to say it was like 89 or something. It was pretty late. Yeah, yeah. I, we definitely rented it. I remember it being a thing that we got on VHS. Um, and uh, speaking of that film, since we mentioned it on the last show, uh, we should probably insert that little correction in here uh, to correct uh, Chris's huge mistake. That, <laughs> My uh, huge mistake. That Christopher Lloyd was in Star Trek Three: Search for Spock and Christopher Plummer is the uh the christopher in star trek six so uh chris apologizes for the confusion and uh uh yeah i i remember because we talked about this last time i remember really liking star trek six so how was it uh, now that you've uh, gone through it again it's good you man i had forgotten how much christopher Plummer is his whole script is almost 
just the Shakespeare quotes. Like right. there is like that's the gimmick of his yep. character in that movie. It's like he's always quoting Shakespeare, mm-hmm. and boy, that's most of his lines. I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't say a whole lot else when you go back and watch it. Um, it's still a good movie. There's some early CGI in a couple parts Ooh, that baby. doesn't hold some, up real well. I remember there was some morphing, right? Because like when they're on that, that like icy prison planet, there's that character that morphs that's from okay. one thing to another. Oh, yes, that works? That's still? Okay, actually cool. still okay. Nice. Because they don't do enough where you can, they don't show it enough to where you go like, oh. Okay. But there's a scene where there's this um, fight in weightless space. And so they people get shot and like blood comes out and like it's that like pink this cling on blood. And it's yeah, like, it's like this yeah. really bad bubbly CGI oh, that's blood. It doesn't look very good, but it's fine. Because I remember no, it's okay. Because I remember it being pink. I was like, what the hell yes. is that? And then at the end, when no spoilers, but at the end when like you know no spoilers for a someone gets killed, right? And then like thirty year old movie, like this isn't cling on blood. And it's like, oh, I didn't know cling on blood was pink and you know light colored. So. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it was a good. Yeah, I kind of forgot. It's like a murder mystery. Half like half the yes. movie's a murder mystery, and um, and when I started watching that, I'm like, oh yeah, because like it's like the morphing person and stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this now because she's really pretty, and then she turns into like a terribly scary creature or whatever, yeah. right? Um, but uh, no, I enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Um, it's kind of funny that it's like that's the the final farewell of the, mm. the enterprise because they're everybody's retiring. Right. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's the joke half like oh, I'm three months away from retirement or whatever, you know? Yeah. And because <laughs> it was the, the last numbered one. It was, it was a, it was a big deal after that was like the, where they tried to bridge the gap between that crew and the, the new one. But what's weird though, is when you watch them now, like on HBO or whatever, they are all still numbered. So like the next one, like when you look at it, it says Star Trek seven. Oh, you know who did that was um. Yeah, it's probably Paramount. Uh, but no, like another franchise did that because like you oh. know how it was always Raiders, in and then Indiana Jones. Like when the DVD set came out, the movie is just called Raiders of the Lost Ark, and yes. then like in the DVD box set, it says Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost. Oh, Ark. Like, that's not right. Come on, that's not right. <laughs> And then uh, the Harry Potter movies, when you look at them on streaming, it'll say, like, Harry Potter, like, great big, one, two, three, and then, like, the subtitle for the people who, like, aren't, you know, as familiar. But I didn't see, I didn't, because I looked at the HBO listings after we talked about it last time. I guess I didn't look closely enough to see those numbers on some of the later ones. I'll have to give that a look. Because I asked her, I was like, hey, like, you like Star Trek, right? She's like, yeah, I like Star Trek. So we're going to pick a few out that we think we remember fondly and, uh, and give them a go. I would say, again, of just random stuff, I would watch the motion picture, the first one again, just because they spent so much time recently redoing it. And mm. it is a beautiful film. Mm. It's kind of weird, but it's a beautiful film. Then they really spent a lot of time on it and to restore it. Two, that's, you know, that's all you need. And yep. then whatever else you decide to watch, enjoy. Right. But, um, yeah. I remember, yeah, going through these again... Like five, I, I enjoyed way more than I remember enjoying. Um, four, it's just for the the, the goofs, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, you, you were saying last time that the budget yeah. is more apparent than you remembered. Oh, wait, wait and watch. You go watch some of them. Okay. You'll be like, oh, yeah. 
Like, there's a reason that's all on Earth. Uh-huh. There was no budget <laughs> for that movie. But uh, anyway. So, uh, yeah, I haven't got to the... Because, you know, Star, Star Trek Seven is when the time thing and, and Kirk and Picard and, mm-hmm. yeah, it's that bridging um, yeah. of the timeline. So, and the the... the the death of Kirk. Spoilers. Mm. So, um, yeah. The so I'll watch that one here at some point in time. But um, speaking, okay, since you brought it up, <laughs> we got to talk about the Indiana Jones trailer, right? Don't sure. we? Do we have to talk about it? We can. Um, so I haven't seen it. So enlighten me. <clears throat> it's got so first in the name, off, so I'm in. So first off, I'm. Crystal Skull was not a great movie, right? Nope. Shouldn't have got, I, shouldn't have. I made. felt like it was on par with all the other Indiana Jones movies. I don't know where you're coming from. <laughs> I, I'm not a big Indiana Jones fan. I don't yeah. particularly enjoy the old ones, and I watched Crystal Skull. I'm like, this is as good as the old ones. Oh wow! Bite your tongue. Because so, I, I saw <laughs> I saw Crystal Skull in the theaters, and I was probably high on the dopamine of seeing an Indiana Jones movie, and I left it saying. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. And then, like, I watched it a while later when it was available, like, at home, and I was like, ooh. So it, it didn't age well. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay the... just kind of, you know, uh, you know, forgetting about it and giving this new one a try. I, every Everything I've seen people say about it is kind of my opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm, opt- I'm cautiously optimistic. James Mangold is awesome. So he's the, you know, hopefully the glue that will kind of bring it all together. So I, I think from the previews I'm getting is is they're doing kind of that. Let's just forget that other one ever happened, right? Cars two. Y- y- yep. It's like it's like yeah. how Cars Cars three d- doesn't reference anything in Cars two. It just goes right from where Cars one left off, and here we go. Yeah, and I think that's good because yeah. Crystal Skull was all about trying to get Shia LaBeouf to take them take over the mantle, yeah. and he's turned into a train wreck or whatever so obviously they couldn't do that um so they hired ezra miller instead right oh very very Uh, still waiting for that flash movie (laughs) still waiting um but uh this one is it's just where i i'm with you bill i'm cautiously optimistic it's like oh uh, we're back to just beating up Nazis and stuff again and shooting Nazis. I'm on board for that. Yeah, they went, they went back to the formula, back to the well uh, that, that always <laughs> works. Uh, it's you know they show him professing, which uh, you know uh, kind of takes you back to those uh, raiders. Like I think each movie had like a little scene where he's a professor at the beginning before he goes adventuring, and also uh, uh, kind of uh, you know visits from old friends and like you know just kind of like hankering for adventure and. Uh, they, they didn't show too much, um, and I didn't look at the cast list, but unless my eyes deceive me, it looks like we got a Mads Mikkelsen sighting in this thing. Uh, <laughs> no, and I'm always in if Mads Mikkelsen is involved. If it's not Mads Mikkelsen, it's another equally chiseled face in a Nazi <laughs> uh, uh, officer uniform. Um, but yeah, it just looks, you know, like uh, like what you're always saying you're after, Chris. Just like a fun time at the movies, so I'm, I'm in. Yep, I am. So I am... Uh... I'm I'm happy it's not Crystal Skull looking, and uh, so I'm I'm good. I want to watch I want to watch the new Indiana Jones. Now they have to either end it or pass the torch, right? And I know they tried last time to pass the torch. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think they're just gonna like okay, end of the story, or do you think they'll be like we're Disney? We can never let anything go. 
Here, we're going to try to pass the torch yeah. to someone else. So Harrison Ford's also got this quality to him where, like, the, he's he's a little bit of, like, the grumpy old man. And he's kind <laughs> of always been the grumpy old man, even when he was a young man. So, like, it kind of fits him as he's gotten into his, his later years. And he'll go on Conan and he'll go on, like, you know, well, when Conan was on the air. But he'll go on these different shows and they'll talk to him and he'll make jokes about it. They're like, oh, like, you know, they you're making another indie. Like, you're making another Blade Runner. Like, that would be nice. And he's like... It'll be more than nice. And he's like, you know. Oh, yeah, wants, I'm not mad at him. Yeah. He wants the payday. So I don't think Harrison himself is looking to never do another one. I think he'd rather leave the door open to, you know, to do, you know, something in the future. So uh, I didn't, I mean, again, the trailer didn't suggest anything in the way of passing the torch, but uh, I. I, I, don't, I don't I don't know if they would try to I think maybe they they learned from what they tried to do last time and they're like we can't do like a like two tries to pass the torch in a row to different people. <laughs> I just if you're Disney though you gotta be I mean I don't mean this in a mean way but you have to be looking at like there's a very real chance he may not live to do another one. Yeah. Right. Here's here's the thing also because it's Disney and because everything he says just true. They'll just digitize him. He'll just be CG after he's so dead, and they'll do several more Indiana so that's Jones the movies other with Harrison Ford in is, quotes. Is they have youth that made him younger in the film for certain shots with CGI, like like Irishman style, yeah, where they They're, do those kind of yeah, yeah, like uh, in the Marvel stuff, like they did a really good Nick Fury uh, de aging in yep. Captain Marvel. And uh, really awesome uh, Michael Douglas in yes. the Ant Man stuff, like really young. So like they can do it pretty decent. Yep. I gotta tell you, my favorite in the Marvels, um, and I've heard that this was and just the Kurt makeup. Russell too. The Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell. That's just makeup. He said it. He like he said they were like, oh, like I can't believe how young you look there. And he was like, he was like, I called up Goldie. I was like, you never believe what they did with just makeup. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I don't know if he was joking or he might have been joking, right? But like, I've heard somewhere that that it's was just be. makeup. Yeah, there's no way insane. that wasn't just they, they makeup. Must, they probably told him. They're like, yeah, Kurt, it's just makeup. <laughs> it's all you, there. baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's all you, baby. Um, but yeah, so but yeah or, up- or like uh, the 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 one I wanted to mention is um uh I've Kelsey will definitely know the name of it uh, the Terminator film where they oh, kind of yes, where they kind of at the beginning you know you spend all these movies trying to protect John Connor and then they like bring Eddie Furlong in for like fifteen seconds Dark Fate yeah it was Dark Fate yeah man that was that was not a happy time for me to open that movie up with uh, something like it's, that it's a pretty rough opening yeah i love that movie though so we don't have to spend forever on it but it'd just be an interesting thing so i think we all have to realize we're on the cusp of the period of time where your actors are not going to be limited by lifespan Mm -hmm. right you're going to have some actors with all the ai art stuff that's been coming out in the last like two years like we're probably going to have an AI movie in the next five years, I would imagine. And some but of the deep fake stuff and how good that's getting. But it won't be long to where <clears throat> potentially I could see where an, an actor could sign a contract for after death. Yeah, posthumously for the, you know, the end for the funds to go into their estate. Yeah. Which, you know, goes to their kids or whatever. Yeah, I could. I yeah. Totally and they see could that. keep cranking away Indiana yeah. Jones as much as they ever want to make them or whatever yeah. the case or. You know, here's the new Marlena Dietrich movie or something, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't see at some point in time 
that won't happen. I think it will. Uh, I don't know how well it'll be received by an audience, but I think if it's unnoticeable, I'm going to guess that people probably will be just fine with it because it'll be like comic books, right? I mean, Superman still looks the same because uh, he's a fictional character. People don't yeah. worry too much about that. Yeah. So, and, uh, and it's and it's like even though Indiana Jones is an episodic uh, series, like there was even a young Indiana Jones and a TV show. Like there was, you know, there was all these other Indiana Jones content. I never think of Indiana Jones as a mantle like other superheroes that like you know has to be passed on or like this is the new Indiana Jones. Especially if the new Indiana Jones wouldn't be named Indiana Jones, you know, like then it's like Star Wars or sorry Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So it's going to be like, you know, John Peppercorn and Indiana Jones Chronicle, you know, like whoever the new guy <laughs> is. So I, I never saw it as a as a series that I thought would be, you know, able to be passed on. And like you like we said before, the Crystal Skull storyline where they try to make it make sense in who it's getting passed on to makes total sense. And then at the very end, they did this really weird kind of reverse take like, no, I'm not ready yet. You know, like and he puts the hat back on. So it's like, OK, well, like. Was this just like a big fake out? Like, you know, is he is he gonna be the bad guy in the next movie? Or like, <laughs> oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, right. So, um, but yeah, I I, it's and there's certain movies that like I think will keep going on. Like Fast and Furious movies will get made forever. Like you know, when Vin Diesel's not around and when The Rock's not around, they'll just get like another action star to be in them. But like Indiana Jones just feels so attached to Harrison. Like I don't know what it would look like. You know, that's, otherwise, what so makes me think that, yeah, like they could just again, like uh, even after he's dead, just keep going because it's the character. Right. right. Um, I guess obviously there'd be some rights issues, but mm-hmm. they're Disney. They have lots of money and they could go, hey, buddy, we'll take care of your family every time we make yeah. one of these things or whatever yeah. the case is. I, and I'm like, I got sure. I got to tell you, I'm excited. And I know some of our uh, uh, some of our uh, uh, patrons uh, who spend some time in the Lego channel on the discord are excited that the news there's a new Indiana Jones movie coming because that means more Lego Indiana Jones sets are going to be happening <laughs> next year. So if you've been waiting on that uh, and we uh, sometimes not always, but sometimes they'll on top of like the new movie stuff, they'll do like a throwback set. Um, so I am kind of hoping for a couple like little, you know, kind of, Little Indian, like a little, um, you know, boulder scene with like the idol, you know, with the Mini Raiders, something like that. That'd be cool because they've been doing these dioramas lately with like iconic scenes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. They've done Star Wars, they've done Jurassic Park. Um, I think uh, what better movie, you know, for like iconic scenes than like some of the scenes in the indie movies. So that could be really cool as well. Is there a Mola Rom Lego with Ooh. like a heart? I, I'm telling you, I am the. They do have like body parts because there's like doctors and like uh, they have bones and and stuff. So, <laughs> I am a. Uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before. I'm a much, much, much bigger fan of Temple of Doom uh, than the other films. I love the other films, but Temple of Doom was like the VHS that we had the copy of, and we just like wore it out. So that's the one that I can quote beginning to end. You know, know all the scenes, know all the inflections in everyone's voice know when the punches are coming, you know, like all that stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm a, uh, and I've seen like, you know, we would watch it like on cable. So I'm like, Oh, they cut out the part where they actually like reaches in and you know, (laughs) you know what pieces are missing. And, uh, uh, like you'd be able to like lean over and tell someone like, Hey, you know, that guy, like that's Dan Aykroyd right there for like eight seconds, kind of like really far off the camera type stuff. So 
I love the intro to that movie, like where Spielberg's like, you know what? I want to do a dance number, like a big, you know, like 1920s style Hollywood dance number. Um, and the rumor is that him and Lucas are friends, obviously. So then George Lucas was like, you know what? I want to do a little dance number in Return of the Jedi. So that's like that scene right before like going into the Rancor pit was like kind of like his take it like a little silly. Then dance. why did we lose Yup Nub? <laughs> I know, I know. That's uh, like it's it's it's. I got a um an Endor mug like it's the only souvenir thing I got when I was down at Galaxy's Edge, and it's got it's like it's ceramic but it's meant to look like it's carved out of like a tree trunk or like a branch or something, and it's got all the Ewoks and it's got like a tribal kind of design like Death Star and it's like essentially just like a hieroglyph telling the story of the battle, and like I can't look at it without thinking Yub Nub, and <laughs> I I sometimes forget that that has been changed because it's just so ingrained that. Uh, that that's a, a big big deal but uh but yeah i don't know why uh a lot of those decisions were made uh shout out to the amazing paul and storm song thanksgiving uh just uh, uh grab it on spotify if you've never heard it it's all about yeah. uh being thankful in this time of year and uh it's related to star wars <laughs> okay all right um and to wrap my stuff up, then, uh, you know, the Street Fighter season continues on. So Street Fighter League, continue to watch that. Um, it's a really great format show if you're at all interested in anything like this because uh, it's a little different. It's team battles, and it's fairly short. Um, and it's like a weekly format. So if you want to follow it, um, they're, you know, past the halfway mark now, moving towards the end so it's kind of fun to to watch that they got some really good teams on there and some good players so that's doing well and then of course capcom pro tour continues to march on as they get close to capcom cup which they put on the calendar i think february is when it is uh, i saw they were uh selling tickets and everything it's in hollywood this year and uh they have like a whole week extravaganza of um like the street fighter league finals and uh the Capcom Cup and everything. So, Penny, if, if I have any weird admirers out there that have a lot of money and want to buy me uh, Capcom <laughs> Cup tickets and, and a plane fare to LA, then. Uh, <laughs> but I was surprised. Like the tickets are pretty cheap. It's not like a hundred bucks for like the whole week. It's just obviously uh, you'd have to pay to go and, and be expensive. I know to stay at least. There. I know at least one of your weird admirers, but unfortunately, I don't have the money to pay for your plane ticket. <laughs> Uh, what you meet the, meet me down there, right? Let's both go. <laughs> so some year I want to go to stupid Capcom Cup, but this is this obviously not going to be the year. Um, and then just to wrap that up, there's going to be another closed beta test of Street Fighter VI, and I signed up. It's all randomly selected anyway, so maybe I'll maybe I'll get picked, maybe I won't. But that's coming up uh, in a couple weeks. So. When's the when when will you know if you got selected? Uh, like literally like a the day before the beta. I think the okay. beta is like 14th to the 16th, and they're going to notify people on the 13th. Be a cool early Christmas present. Yeah, it'd be fun. You know, just something to do over the weekend. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'd be fun goofing around because I've I watched some of the last beta tests, and that's really they've added a lot of stuff into this. And the beta is mostly they're testing their net code set up so you don't have access to the whole game it's mostly you know just like the online play part which is obviously what they want to test but yeah looks fun if i can participate cool. for free cool if not meh, see you next year that's all i got going 
Can can I ask? And this is not a uh, you know, this is not a burn. This is not a. Uh, mm. a, a I'm just curious. Is the uh, has the logo been updated since it was originally <laughs> yes, uh, uh, put out there? Because I I hadn't uh, seen the new artwork for it. Yeah, they've changed. Uh, I wouldn't okay. say they've changed it. Um, some of that is still around, but that's not like the main focus uh, gotcha. anymore. Yeah. Cool. But that um, kind of hexagon stuff is a little around, but it's very much a you want you look at the logo. It's very much a graffiti style. Uh, okay. uh, and even when you see the logo, it's like spray painted out when it comes out. Yeah. So they're it has going nothing for a very going on. Street- in street fighter for a while like because uh isn't aren't there even like moves where like you'll see like that kind of like paint kind of splatter like while the moves are happening so that started in street fighter 4 um where Mm -hmm. it was that kind of like that japanese paint style but they Mm -hmm. added that to some of the moves Mm -hmm. and then five went um further with some like super moves and stuff it wasn't and then six is really going that way with the paint and kind of like that graffiti style uh and a very splashy and a lot of street fighter 6 has got this drive meter system it's very different than some of the other games but pretty typical those things reinvent themselves every time Mm. but um Mm -hmm. like some of these drive impact or whatnot like when they hit you get this big boom and paint splatter (laughs) and like the game slows down for a minute so it's very flashy looks cool it's the Splatoon of fighting games. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like this very big, again, like splashy, like literally, psh, yeah. you know, on I'll, the yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch some footage and uh, we'll catch up with that next time. It's just goes in when they announce the Inkling DLC. <laughs> it's just kind of different because they use the, um, whatever that Resident Evil engine is for the graphics in this one. Okay. So it's less anime looking than it has been in the past. Which works for a lot of the characters, except if you ask me, Guile looks really weird. <laughs> he looks almost like Street Fighter the movie Guile. Uh, it's, yeah, spend a minute and look at Street Fighter 6 Guile. Uh, it's just like, okay. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, Bill, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, thankfully, I've, I've, I was hoping I was getting my second wind. Um, I was tired a little while ago. Um, my wife's not been feeling great. She has uh, gallbladder issues, and when that kind of rises oh, no. up, there's like you know not a lot she can do. She just has to kind of like you know take it easy and you know like eat well and just hope that it kind of passes. And she's been seen a few times for it, and they're kind of at the point where they're like, uh, you know, like we might take it out eventually, but like for now, just, you know, try to take good care of yourself. So it barely does anything. Get rid of that. I know. Right? Well, it holds rocks. Her, her <laughs> sister, her sister had hers out. Like, I think it, I, if it didn't rupture, it came really close. I think it might've even ruptured. So she had it out and I'm like, you got to tell them like, you know, I don't know if this is a thing that has history to it, but, uh, sure. But yeah, so so that kind of hit her a couple days ago. So I've been kind of on on more full dad duty than uh, than usual. And this morning, my youngest was up at like three thirty or four o'clock, and uh, I didn't want my wife to have to get out of bed. So I've been up since super early. Did not get a uh, a traditional dad nap today. I got one of those. Uh, I'm awake, you know, like just kind of dozing <laughs> off. And uh, dad, oh, I'm awake. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, started chatting with you guys. Definitely got the second win, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, I'm uh, drinking a very appropriate beer. Uh, I'm drinking Celebration. 
because uh, getting to chat with you guys is always cause to celebrate. So, um, yeah, so uh, I've been playing um, just a little bit of Steam Deck here and there. Um, my oldest uh, has been trying basketball, so I drop him off at practice. There's not really any place to – it's like – I'm used to like kind of high school gymnasiums where like you have the court and then there's like the, like the stands, right? And in my gyms growing up, they were these wooden things that kind of would all push in almost like bookcases to, like, against the yeah. wall. So you guys are nodding so that you know what I'm talking about. So I kind of assumed there'd be a place for us to watch, but this, like the basketball court ends and then it's like three feet to one of those padded walls <laughs> that you remember in gym class. So I'm like, there's really nowhere for like, what do we do? And they're like, oh, like, well, there's like the school libraries over there. You can hang there. So like, I mean, like I'll pop over and I'll watch, uh, you know, a little bit, but it's like, you know, I bring the steam deck too. So I've been playing a little bit of fallout, a little bit of Skyrim there. Nothing too crazy. I am uh, finding Fallout 3 to be, uh, I don't know if it, I'd say more difficult than I remember, but I don't remember the first time I played it having so many issues uh, with ammo uh, and, and finding it. And it might just be because I'm so early in it and I just have to, like, you know, scavenge a whole ton because it has no weight. You can gather up as much ammo as you need to get or, you know, like buy it if you have some extra caps. But I am finding myself getting into battles and just running out of ammo. So um, I just did this uh, thing in the Marigold uh, station where like there's like a, a fire ants have kind of like occupied a town and the kid's like, oh yeah, like one of the, the guys, one of the scientists, he's like down in the station. And so you go to the station and you have to like clear it out of fire ants to make sure that the town is safe. And I just keep running out of ammo. So I don't remember ever really using mines before, but I found a ton of mines in this area. So now I just, I kind of sneak up and also in Skyrim, I feel like I can sneak forever and there's that little eye, you know, eyeball system that doesn't exist in fallout three. You're just, it just says hidden, hidden, hidden. And then like when you get like 80 feet away from something, all of a sudden they sense you and then they're after you. So, uh, that's one change that I see between fallout, uh, uh, three and Skyrim, but, and that'll probably increase with like. I don't know if it's perception or what skill. It's probably a skill that's uh, tied to it. But basically, I kind of sneak up to them until they notice me, drop a gr drop a mine, and then I back up, and then it kind of pops them. And then, judging from how much am uh, health it takes off, I'm like, all right, you know, one one more mine and a bullet or two will do it. So I am kind of picking my battles like that. I, I remember previously doing it, and just you know jumping into vats once you kind of upgrade like once you get vats to the point where it's like 100 hits it's becomes easy street but right now it's still like oh it's you know 11 you might hit them <laughs> so it's I'm like no i'm not which, i'm not gonna hit them. which which feels very much like xcom to me like that's my least favorite part of xcom where it's like okay here come the dice rolls but uh uh it's i'm having fun i love the atmosphere i really do love the um uh the scavenging element uh, I'm also running into these things that I don't remember, like, uh, oh, you need at least this skill to lockpick this, or at least this to, to hack this terminal. Like, man, I don't remember this. I remember just being able to try anything, and if it was ultra hard, I just couldn't do it. So, uh, so yeah, just having fun with those. Uh, so, again, I'm playing both those on the Steam Deck. Um, my uh, sister actually texted me today, kind of shopping for my brother-in-law, and she was like, hey, I don't know anything about the Steam Deck. Do you think Mike would like it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, like we've talked about it before. I showed it to him like he's, you know, he, he'd be interested in, you know, uh, in uh, in giving it a try. Uh, and uh, so, you know, 
it's it's again reminds me just so you how you might awesome have someone to link cable together and play Tetris with man soon? man link cable uh wouldn't it be great if we and <laughs> because they don't have um uh ethernet built right on it's just through the USB-C I wonder if you could just USB-C and create your own little ad hoc uh, 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 wired network there. Wouldn't it be great if that link cable, if there was function uh, functionality in the emulator to like do Game Boy <laughs> link cable stuff between be two rad. Steam decks? I'd like that. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if he ends up getting one. Um, I was gonna say it just reminds me of how awesome it is that the stock is to the point where you could order one now and get it in time for the holidays, which is uh, always awesome. Um, I mentioned last time my kids were playing Nobody Saves the World. They've played a bit more of that. We obtained Kelsey's uh, spirit form, uh, which is the bodybuilder. So this oh. is just a super jacked dude, like triangle man. If he just if you just let him stand <laughs> there, like he just alternates his pecs just like in like while he's idling just back and forth. And his his regular attack is like he's standing there. He's got nothing in his hands. But then as soon as you hit attack, he takes like a loaded barbell and like just pushes it forward. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, it's great. And um, all right, uh, this game has officially piqued my interest now. Yeah, it's it's really good. And I know I mentioned before, but uh, drink box drink box games. I love the guacamole games. So this has been a blast. My uh, my oldest uh, asked me if I would help him through a dungeon, and I was like, well, bud, like I'll help you, but like you know if you level up then it's going to be easier and he said no like the dungeons certain like types of dungeons they're always three levels like either like uh i think i think it's three levels below what your current level is so if you level up it'll go with you and there's modifiers and i said oh the other thing you could do is you could wait for like you know you know different modifiers maybe they'll be easier and he's like the modifiers are always the same so um we checked it and like for two days the modifiers were the same so I doubt they're changing weekly, um, but uh, but yeah, so they're they're kind of exploring that more, and you know that it's really on their mind when we start driving somewhere and they're like, hey, can you put on Nobody Saves the World on Spotify? It's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but let's find this. We found a song they like, and they each have a playlist now. So once we hit a good song, they're like, yeah, that's my playlist. So that's that's been going on too. Right. Um, I still have not fired up Destiny uh, since uh, like all these uh, times we've been talking, but I will say that the new season kicks off on Tuesday, so I will be playing it uh, starting next week, probably at least weekly until all the seasonal content's done. If I can find time to squeeze in a raid here and there, um, that's always a fun, fun time. Um, but I'll be honest, I've there's been so much to kind of you know catch up on here stay caught up on feel like i'm not overwhelmed that's been a really great feeling so i'm not in a super rush to get rid of that but if i can you know squeeze the destiny in there and and still have a good time with it i'm i'm all in so and this is the final season before the next major expansion which comes out in february i believe maybe it's early march um so that'll be cool and um i just wanted to mention real quick uh, because it's game related and you know fun times and the holidays and stuff uh, some of you guys out there might be familiar with a card game called Cards Against Humanity. Um, mm -hmm. It's an apples-to-apples -apples type game where there's a question and then everyone kind of comes up with an answer card and like the you know you figure out which one's the funniest. So Cards Against Humanity has done a whole bunch of expansions and stuff over the years, and so a lot of people have lots of cards that don't fit in the packages that they ship. So over the years they've released the you know the bigger box, the bigger blacker box, like all these different uh, you know, kind of marketing things. So this year they've released 
uh, their newest product, which is kind of like an IKEA theme joke. It's box, like B O K S, with like the like the umlaut over the O or something <laughs> like that. And it's just a big empty box, but it has enough capacity for every card they've ever printed, plus like fifty percent. It's like and it's and it's like <laughs> future proofed. Yeah, it's like velvet interior. It's got like the like the top flap. It's got the handle. Like it's really really nice. And they're like it's a it's a sixty dollar product. And these these guys are great. They have a great sense of humor. They do a lot of stuff for charity, which is awesome. So the email we got announcing this was like, it, it was like Black Friday or like that weekend. And it was, yeah, we're, we're, we're putting out Box. It's coming out like, you know, today, later, or I think the next day. And they were like, we're offering it at this uh, uh, introductory price um, of 200% off. And they said, how is that possible? Uh, box costs fifty nine ninety nine. So not only are we going to give it to you for free, we're going to pay you fifty nine ninety nine, dollars <laughs> the value of Vox. And it, it seems too good to be true, but we know what they've done before. So, like, we know it's legit. So and then there's they're like now, you know, obviously we can't give an unlimited number of people this deal. So, like, it is going to go quickly. So just like be at your computer, like ready to, to do this, like uh, when it happens. So um, and there was a countdown on their Web page and, and they said. Don't worry, we're not Ticketmaster. We've got a very sophisticated uh, <laughs> captcha system. Like, there's not going to be bots. They were like, no bots are going to get this. And of course, in the back of your mind, you're thinking, yeah, we'll see about that. So anyway, the time comes. I'm sitting down in the basement. Sarah's here with me, and I'm like, all right, let's just do this thing. So it's counting down, and right before it gets to zero, this little uh, like progress indicator shows up in the bottom of the screen, and it says like current discount 200 percent. And it's like, oh, I get it. So like, as more and more people claim it, it'll drop down, and the discount will get lower and lower. That makes sense. So, um, and they said also another cool thing. They said once you like claim the the code, like, because you'll get you'll, like, you don't go to a checkout. Once you like hit claim, you're gonna get a code, and once you have the code, you can get the discount like all the way through like Cyber Monday. So again, very smart way to do it. So. It pops up. It's like, click here to claim. We recommend doing it on a computer. So I click it on the computer, and it's like, all right, click the um, pictures that have bananas on them. Okay, click the pictures with bananas. And then it's like the next one. It's like, good job. Uh, okay, now click the pictures with tanks in them. And it, and it, so the first one was like three. And now this next one is like nine pictures. So it clicked things with tanks in them. And then it's like, all right, uh, we have to make really sure that everyone's a human. Like, we don't want any, any bots getting this. So, like, now click all the pictures with tanks. And now it's like 24 pictures. <laughs> so it's like, you know, these guys are silly. We get it. So we click, you know, all the ones with tanks. And then it comes back and it's like, all right, guys, we're like 30% sure that you're a human right now. But like, we need to be way more sure than that. Now click all the pictures that have tanks in it. And now it fills up the entire screen. Like, I've never seen a captcha with this many things on it. And there are pictures of like army tanks there are tank tops there are septic <laughs> tanks in here so now it's like wait a minute do they only want a certain kind of tank or do they want any kind of tank so uh you know at first and and at the bottom we still see it's 200 so we're like okay well you know like no one's made it through like this is a game now now that we know it's a game we'll we'll, we'll kind of calm down with the speed so we click on all the things that are tanks get through it great and I forget the exact order, um, but then uh, uh, one of the things was like, okay, like we're we're like we're really pretty close to being sure, but like um, um, uh, we want you to click on all the pictures of Keanu Reeves from age forty and under, and then it just shows a bunch of Keanu Reeves pictures, and you're like, 
I mean, it could be any of them. <laughs> so <laughs> this one took us the most tries, and it's like 20-something pictures of them. So Sarah's <laughs> on the other screen, like, Googling Keanu Reeves in the year that he would have been 40, and she's like, okay, like, not that one, not that one. So it took us, like, a dozen tries. We got it. And then it goes forward, and it's like, all right, now click on all of the movies. The, click on all of these movies that won Best Picture that deserve to win. <laughs> and, like, so I'm going through, and I'm like, oh, this is all subjective. So I'm like, okay, you know, like, I like Braveheart, Braveheart and, like, Driving Miss Daisy. No, I think that came out the same year that, like, Pulp Fiction did. I think it was 94. So I'm kind of going through it. I'm like, yes, no, yes, no. Most of them were no's. And one was um, Green Book, which a lot of people say didn't deserve to win. So, like, I'm... I'm also trying to go from what they would think, right? So I really have only clicked a few of them. Uh, and Or sorry, Forrest Gump was the year that Pulp Fiction was out. That was 94. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, uh, and every time I submit it, it's like, no, those suck. Try again. <laughs> so just on a whim, I didn't click on any of them. And I hit submit. And it was like, yep, you got it. <laughs> so... And then there was another one, like, and I'm so I don't know how many there were total. You could probably like YouTube it, like someone probably captured the entire process. One was it just showed the outlines of nations, and it was like, all right, like clicking on all African nations, and like it was all just black and white. So you, it's it was it's hard to tell that way. And like some of them, it's like pff, I, I don't know. So we have a map of Africa up over here, and it's like, okay, that's Angola. <laughs> And then um, it's like, uh, nope, not that. That's Nevada. <laughs> so, but yeah, so anyway, long story short, like, so now at this point, we start to see that 200, like, you know, start to dip just a little bit. So we're like, okay, we must be fairly close because we've been going through this pretty good. But then there was one that was like, all right, click on, like, select each grouping that has exactly five tanks. So now it's, <laughs> it fills the entire page. You can scroll down like three or four more pages worth. Oh my and when God. you hover over, it's nine things. So we had to count for one, two, three. Okay, yeah, that grouping has five. So I don't know how long we did this for. It was quite a while. Um, there were some that I, the language is inappropriate, so I can't say them on the show, but uh, uh, they, are, they are some funny characters. So yeah, it was. Uh, and at the whole time, there was an option on the bottom left that said, uh, screw this, I'll pay full price. <laughs> and then when you finally got it, it's like, you got it, like you're done. Like there's no more captions. It's like, awesome, so good. Then it was like, uh, would you like to take a survey about your satisfaction on the capture process during <laughs> this thing? And it's like, no, I'm good. And it's like, are you sure? Like it could be a one question survey or a five question survey. And so it was like another like 10, you know, bullet <laughs> points to get through before you uh, actually, it, but so then I finally got the code. Um, so I ended up uh, uh, ordering the box. It ended up being like, you know, 20 bucks. It was free shipping because um, we, we have a lot of cards against humanity cards. But so, I just thought so, it was a fun So all these people exercise. got the discount. And then you, by the time you got done, you still had to pay 20 bucks. Yes. Yeah, so so by the time I got it, my disc, so it, 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 you know, dipped below 100. So we're like, all right, well, we're not, we're, now we're not getting paid for it, but we can still <laughs> get it for almost free. And yes. then I remember like, it was at like 88, 89. And then it started like really f more quickly going down. So it's like people are, are getting through it. And we got in around like 63 to 68%, I think. Which is still, still really that's good. That's still, so. ah, you had a good laugh. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah. We, I, I, I had a good time with it. And Sarah was starting to get frustrated. And I was like, you know, like this is it. Like the, the friends we make along the way, like that's the real prize. <laughs> so we're going to remember this experience. So like it kind of uh, tells you in the title, it's that. against humanity. And you are yeah. part of that. They're, they're against you. <laughs> So, yeah, so that was a fun time. Um, 
I'd like to add a little thing uh, in our uh, in my uh, updates in here for records that I actually spun, uh, partially Ooh, so you know I what can I'm join you to, with that. But, I do that every couple days. Yeah, but 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 also like to keep me honest and like actually listen to stuff instead of just look at it on a shelf. So uh, I had my kids down here. They were playing with their Lego Minecraft area. So they like a lot of music in the, in games. So I asked them and we came up with uh, the track list of, um, we listened to the entire Axiom Verge uh, soundtrack, which is one I was waiting for for a while. So that came in from, uh, I think that was I Am 8-Bit earlier this year. Uh, Minecraft Volume Beta, thought it was appropriate to listen to Minecraft music while building with Minecraft Legos. Threw on Outer Wilds. It's one of mine and my middle son's uh, favorite uh, uh, albums. I know you guys aren't the biggest fan of this album or maybe even this band, but my uh, middle guy has really taken to Wherever I May Roam and like asked Alexa to play it all the time. And he mentioned, he was like, hey, do you think we could get that record? And I was like, buddy, I already have that record. <laughs> so so we played uh, uh, the Black Album, uh, just the one side that has that song on it. So it was just like three songs, um, but it, we listened to it a few times. Um, and the Dune sketchbook arrived. Um, so I haven't listened to it yet. I got it sitting right here. So this was one that I had already got. There was like a limited uh, numbered pressing earlier this year, which I got. And I, I know we've had this talk before where like I hate seeing what, you know, crazy prices some of these sets end up going for because then I feel like, oh, you know, like, should I should I keep it? Should I, you know, get that amount of money for it? I know I should just not think about it and just crack it open and listen to it. That's the best thing to do. But I hadn't opened it yet and they announced, oh yeah, we're doing it's the exact same quality. It's the same, you know, artwork. It's just not numbered and it's not colored vinyl and like here it is. So I bought one of those. It arrived. I was able to sell my colored copy for uh, uh, a very good price that I'm very happy with. And I still get the record, uh, which is awesome. Um, another record that is showing up probably in another four days, if the tracking is accurate, is the 5LP set for Portal 2, uh, which is Whoa. one of my all-time favorite games. That actually surprises me there's that much music in it. Same, because it's not like, so Portal 1 is very, very short. You can beat the game in a few hours. Um, Portal 2 is uh, a good deal longer, but I wouldn't say that the music is like, you know, it's not hours and hours and hours of different varied music. At least I didn't get that impression, you know, playing it. So I'm super curious to see if, because and a lot of time with records, you're limited on physical space. So if there's a track that loops in the game, you'll get it for like 30 or 40 seconds on the record. And then it goes to the next track, which is a real shame on something like Castlevania. Cause so many of those songs from the NES, yeah. you just want to keep going. And after like 30, 40 seconds, they just kind of fade out and it goes to the next song. And it's like, yeah, it's great. But like, I really wish we keep going. So I'm hoping that it's just longer samples. Um, so they could get it on, uh, on the five discs. So I will report that cause I do plan on cracking that one open. And just like uh, the uh, uh, Dune sketchbook, this is one that they plan on doing another pressing of next year with the original Portal 1, which hasn't been in print for a while. So I'm uh, looking forward to uh, trying to grab that next year. Yeah. Um, Do you mind if I jump into your yeah, spun yeah. section Absolutely. there? Yeah, go for well, it. I got to get yeah. something in there too, but go for there it. You go. Totally. So I've been trying to go through all my records too, make sure everything gets listened to, and kind of pull out the ones that I don't think I'm going to listen to again so mm -hmm. I can maybe trade them for something new. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this week I listened to King Crimson, uh, a couple of Judas Priest albums, it's Stained Class and Killing Machine. 
and then ended the week with some Blue Oyster Cult, the Cultosaurus Rex. So that album cover has been sitting on top of our record player for the last few days, and my kids have been staring at it. And I, I've never thought too hard about it. I'm like, it's just a weird dinosaur thing. And they're like, is that a cheese dinosaur? Is he made out of cheese? <laughs> and I'm, I can't tell them he's not because he kind of looks like it. So it's the Cheese Dinosaur album we've been listening to the last like three days now. That's that's awesome. And I got to tell you, um, it's so funny that Blue Oyster comes up because I was I was at my parents' house. We were chatting about I forget what I think. No, I, th- I think um, uh, somehow uh, Dire Straits came up. So we were talking about like, you know, way of life and, um, you know, uh, uh, what's that? That awesome uh, Sultan's a swing and uh, money for nothing. And some of the, like the big Dire Straits ones. And my mom was just talking about, oh, like some of that like music from like just like, you know, 60s, 70s, um, you know, kind of that cleaner rock sound. And I was like, I told her when I worked at the video store in high school, we had this, you know, decades uh, like CD set that we sold and we had it on the changer on repeat. So there was like a 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And the one that had like Moody Blues and Blue Oyster Cult was my absolute favorite. And uh, I asked my mom, I was like, you know, Blue Oyster Cult? She's like, no, I don't know that. So I had to put on, you know, Don't Fear the Reaper and uh, um, a couple others that she recognized. And I was like, do you know Moody Blues? And she was like, oh, of course I know Moody Blues, which surprised me. I didn't think she would. But but yeah, that's so crazy that Blue Oyster Cult uh, uh, comes up over with you guys as well. Yeah, I love him. One of my favorites. And even awesome. weirder is that the other day I was browsing through YouTube and I got suggested that more cowbell video from Saturday Night Live. And <laughs> so, so I watched that. First time I've seen that in... I don't know, 20 years or whatever when it came out. but That's great. Yeah. It's like a weird coincidence. Um, so two albums. I've been listening to just keep it short. But one is um, Gold Frap. I'm a big fan. But they this album they have called um, Seventh Tree. I'm not... Like some albums from... I, I can say that. Some bands make albums that you can listen to beginning to end. And then there are like some bands who are like, nah, nah, like I just I want to hear these tracks and I'm good, but I don't know what it is with this group. But I like every album, I'll just put it on, play the whole thing beginning to end. But um, a lot of their stuff, they do a lot of really interesting things. But a lot of it's like they'll have like a lot of high energy tracks and then some kind of mellow stuff. But this album is there's just a lot of just mellow music on it, and I was kind of in that mood, so. I put that album on, and so if you're looking for just kind of that, um, I don't know how to really describe it. You'd have to listen to it, but check out Seventh Tree by Gold Frap if you're kind of in that mood. And then um, I had a hankering for, I've got the, the Dark Soul soundtracks on, on vinyl. I didn't listen to the whole thing, but the, the ending song for Dark Souls 2 was just in my head for whatever reason. And it's one of my favorite <laughs> songs out of like all of the series it's like this really long um it's got this vocal and symphonic thing going on and it's kind of like this mournful track but it has like these ebbs and flows where it kind of comes through as it goes through and uh you know I, I would highly recommend checking out the ending theme to dark souls 2 if you get a chance to listen to it it's uh, really well done pretty amazing um so i was listening to that the other day but yeah Awesome. Yeah, no, that's good. I'd, I'd love to keep this segment going because uh, we're really trying to listen to more stuff uh, uh, in the, you know, with the weather not being always so nice. We're 
hanging out a bit and like we don't have the tv in the basement anymore so it's like all right guys like what do we want to listen to so works out and i've always thought our shows aren't long enough so we should we need more, <laughs> segments. more segments yeah we, we'll, we'll have to switch to a weekly so uh so yeah so that's um so that's great to uh, add on for you guys that's awesome um so just real quick i'll go through what i've been watching um uh well i'll, I'll add the my spotify rap real quick because i guess it, it uh, uh, pertains to listening. I mentioned to these guys uh, and the patrons on uh, the Discord. Um, I shared my my Spotify Wrapped like top artists. I think I shared there, uh, which is really no surprise. It's like you know Tool, Corn, uh, you know Weezer, Green Day, Smashing Pumpkins. I forget who was on it. Uh, the Outer Wilds soundtrack composer was on it, so uh, we must have listened to that a ton. But what's funny is like it'll also tell you like oh you listen to x minutes like you're in like the top x percent of like listeners of like this band or this song or anything so i i made the top 0.1 percent of a band that's awesome i i made the top 0.5 and to be honest i don't really think i listened like because i was going to see corn and evanescence in august so i was listening to like the entire catalog to try to uh uh you know kind of prepare like kind of like know like the good stuff stuff i like and then I always have this thing where after I see a show, it's like still in my blood. So like I, I keep listening to that artist for like a little while after. So um, I I was in the top, you know, half percent of corn listeners this year. So I don't know if there's just that's not a lot of corn listeners. Oh. <laughs> and also they got a um, they have this stat like like love at first hear, And they were like this song you heard and then just played like over and over and over again. And I remember like I, I discovered it. And I'm like, oh, this song's awesome. It's a corn song called Here to Stay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mentioned, uh, on the discord, I didn't see too many other people, uh, sharing their Spotify wrapped. I know Chris doesn't use, uh, uh, the service. So who'd you end up in the top 1%, uh, uh, there with Cal? Uh, Vomitron. Okay. Uh, which is, it's a metal band that does NES covers. They have two albums that are like, uh, stuff they've written, mm. but, uh, yeah, it's mostly like NES metal. And I, I wrote an article about them earlier in the year for the NES Pro magazine. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to a ton of them while it was happening. And I was like, I love these songs. So I kept putting them on my playlist. And yeah, so I just listened to a ton of them. Uh, and my rap, same with last year, they, they're like your second favorite genre is autocore. And I still don't know what that means. <laughs> I have no idea what autocore is. I, I just pulled it up again just to like make sure I had that stat right. And it's like, uh, yeah, some of the things uh, like... Uh, this year you ventured into the genre verse like and it's like genres that i listened to this year that i hadn't listened to a lot in the past um so uh so you know you have the the standards like you know like rock alternative metal um you know indie game soundtrack which makes sense and then speed run i mean i know it's a genre of gaming but yeah. like i don't know about a genre yeah. of music called so speed mine run. mine are number one metal number mm-hmm. two autocore Number three, neoclassical metal. Number four, scorecard, which I have no idea what that means. <laughs> and number five is Japanese video game music. I like that. <laughs> That's good. And it's, and it's always fun. And uh, I think last year I shared it on whatever social platform. And then I started seeing some of these uh, uh, memes that were like, uh, you know, just FYI, like no one but you cares about your Spotify raps. And I'm like, hey my two friends also care about it leave me alone so i don't uh and and i like seeing my sisters because it's it's cool seeing how much hamilton and taylor swift that she listens to every year so uh 
So, my, yeah. yeah, my it was like the song you listened to most this year was the Enderman rap. I'm like, oh, my daughter. Yep. She's putting that on. <laughs> I hear, I've been more than a few people are like, yeah, my kids always mess my mess mine up. So uh, like me and my wife have separate. It's like the family account. So we have separate logins. But yeah, the kids, it's just whoever they happen to be near or whoever's with them. We like throw yeah. their. Uh, Typically their when we're driving, I'll give one of the kids my phone and they'll do the, the playlist while mm-hmm. we're driving. That so works. Britney Spears Toxic was very high on my list as well. Hey, it's hot. Whose list isn't it high on? It's high in my heart. It's high on everyone's list. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Uh, so I'll finish it up with uh, watching. Um, I mentioned before I was watching White Lotus season one. Um, we did. End up you said you that. didn't like it, but so I see I, you started season two. It was very, very well done. Well made. Well acted. I just don't like any of the characters. And uh, uh, so we did finish it. Cause I, you know, we were pretty close. Um, there's not a ton of happy endings in here like in fact i struggle to think of a single happy ending um uh you know it's it's just kind of one of these things that you walk away from like oh i mean that's a shame for all of those people like you know (laughs) so uh but uh, yeah so i wasn't really sure how to feel so like my thoughts were like i don't need to go straight to season two and my wife's like oh let's just start it see if it's any different right so it's at the White Lotus Resort, not in Hawaii this time. It's, I guess, you know, another branch in uh, Italy. Um, totally new cast. There's one, uh, I guess you consider two returning uh, characters because it's like one character and like her boyfriend slash husband that they got married between the seasons. Uh, but everyone else is new. Um, some good actors. Michael Imperioli um, is in it. Um, F. Murray Abraham uh, is awesome in it. But yeah, same thing. Like, there's a lot of these situations that are just uncomfortable, and you know, people are, you know, it's like drama. Like, people are getting their feelings hurt, and like, you know, there's husbands cheating on wives with their, like, while their son is there with them, and the mom is home. And they have already done, like, they've already done this. Like, they're in the doghouse already. They're trying to, like, you know, like, work things out. But this opportunity comes up, and it's like, oh, I'm going to do it. And it's like, everything that happens is like, oh, I wish, I wish. This wasn't happening, you know, but um, I um, I don't feel as um, put off by early season two as I want as I was by like early to mid season one. So um, I do think it's uh, uh, something that uh, my wife wants to watch with someone else there. Uh, c- certain stuff she can watch alone. So if she wants me there watching it, I'll 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 do it with her. It's not uh, you know offensive. It's just like doesn't. It's not the feel-good family of the, <laughs> of the winter. Um, I watched a movie that I'd never heard of, but it was put onto from the Criterion uh, channel uh, recommendation list called Lair of the White Worm. And uh, this is a uh, late 70s, early 80s horror film based on a Bram Stoker book that I'd never heard of. Uh, we know Bram Stoker from Dracula, but he wrote a book called Lair of the White Worm. And... Uh, uh, Hugh Grant is actually in this. Um, he's <laughs> very young, obviously, but he's very good in it. Um, there's some bad acting in it, but Hugh Grant uh, does a very good job. I forget the name of the most recent Doctor Who, the most recent male Doctor Who, but I didn't actually recognize him right at first. It wasn't until halfway through the movie that I was like, oh, is that's... It, is that the older one? The Peter older guy. The older guy, yep. So he's very young he in this, has like there. the bushiest head of hair you could imagine. <laughs> But yeah, once he kind of like made this certain, fa- I was like, wait a minute, that's that's the one of the doctors, and I know this is a very weird reference, but the woman in it who like is the the priestess of the white worm, um, she was uh, 
uh, Jim Carrey's boss in Liar Liar, that female like attorney that Jennifer like, Tildy. No, that was the um, she was the client. The boss was that older oh, brunette, like the very yeah. thin one, yeah. and the, the one who like he calls out in the uh, when he's doing yeah. like the you know like loser, You're, <laughs> like that scene. And uh, but yeah, so I'd never seen her in anything else before. I think her name is something Donahue, uh, the actress. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, it ended up being pretty good. The the talking about special effects uh, not holding up in Star Trek man oh man like some of these special effects looks like it was the first time it was attempted on film like like really like the, the makeup was unbelievable but then the special effects were awful um so if anyone has the criterion channel um it's uh it's available there um i think it's worth uh it's you know it's not a classic but i i was definitely glad that i watched it it was very interesting um, I kind of forgot that the Willow series was coming to Disney Plus. Um, having a four o'clock uh, wake up time this morning, I watched both of the first two episodes. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, like, I'm into it so far. Um, so Warwick Davis hasn't, you know, really acted professionally in a long time, so he's a little bit rusty. But that's not, you know, we don't show up for the acting chops of Warwick Davis for a, a fantasy story. Um, it's it's got a really cool premise. Uh, so Sorsha, um, I forget the actress's name, but uh, uh, Sorsha uh, is is queen, and they're kind of living, you know, in their castle and everything. And there's a threat to her house and her family, and they have to, um, you know, get Willow's help because he's the only like real sorcerer in the area. And you know, without going too much into it, because there's some pretty cool story beats in the first couple episodes. I really enjoyed it, and when this and when the first one was done, the second one just started playing, and I'm like, oh, cool! Like maybe it's like, you know, like a bunch are all available at once. Turns out just the first two, and the third one will come out this week. But I was like ready for the third one to start. Um, really, really into it. So I was super surprised when I just jumped on. Um, I think I was on IMDb to see the name of an actor, and I saw that the score on IMDb was like in like the low fives, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Like I thought it was fine. I checked Rotten Tomatoes. Um, the uh, uh, critic score is like 83, so pretty favorable. And then the user score is like 15 or 20 or something like that. And I'm like, man, this sounds like a review bomb. Like, don't even, <laughs> yeah. don't even tell me. So, and I will. So I looked at all this, all the bad reviews, and it really feels like a review bomb because the um, they're all one line and they all say exactly the same thing or like a very close version. Uh, leave it to woke Disney to ruin another franchise. I was going to guess, yeah. And the problem is that very early in this episode, there is a depiction of a same-sex couple. And it is not even, like, in your face, like, oh, why are they doing this to us? There's, like, a kiss that they share, very much like in Lightyear. Like, there's a kiss that a same-sex couple has, and then it's gone. And then the story keeps going. And that's it. So honestly, if this is what where the review bomb is coming from, if you agree with this, you can go ahead and unfollow me anywhere in the world that you follow <laughs> me currently because this is ridiculous. So sorry to go off on a little thing right there, but that is really a shame if someone were to like because and it's good on Rotten Tomatoes where you can see oh why is there that weird disconnect on IMDb you can't see that you just see a low score and like maybe you'll skip right. it. But I got to tell you, I'm I'm into it. Um, obviously, we know the state of Val Kilmer. Yeah, I was going to say, how do they address Mad Martigan? He has not appeared in the show yet. 
and I am perfectly happy not knowing if he's going to make an appearance until he shows up, and I don't know if they're going to AI the voice, if if he does, if and when he does, or if they're going to you know use old stuff and kind of hodge it together type stuff, but uh, they've mentioned him several times. We know that he was sent out on a quest, and Sorsha is very afraid that she might have sent him off to his death, and Willow's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, death wouldn't slow Mads down. It would just delay <laughs> So there's some really cool, like, lines in it. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I'm into it. Um, if you're a fan of the uh, of the OG, um, which I want to say was uh, Ron – was it Ron Howard? I think it might have been Ron Howard. Um, I, I'm not sure. but I even to think it was probably, like, like 80 80- – 485 something I, like that I think I think it was George Lucas producing Ron Howard directing and John that was a Lucas Arts I mean like a Lucasfilm show but a movie uh, oh here we go that's okay I just looked it up to uh, so Ron Howard directing George Lucas story and then yeah so that's that would make it a Lucasfilm what year um, was it 80 bah, 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 8 88 oh wow 88. a lot later than I remember Yep. So, um, but yeah, uh, I'm into it. Um, and obviously being on, uh, uh, you know, I actually, when I was looking for it, I found the movie right next to the show. So you can very easily just watch the movie if you wanted to kind of get the primer, which it's still a phenomenal movie. So, uh, so yeah, so I wanted to mention, uh, Willow and was there anything else in there? Uh, oh yeah, of course. Um, the Marvel movie update. Um, so, I think last time we were just getting ready to watch um, Iron Man Civil, sorry, Captain America Three: Civil War. Yeah, so watch that, which was awesome. Um, it was, it, it's not what I remembered. Um, I uh, there's there's a lot of um, a lot of slow burn parts, a lot of political intrigue, a lot of like who's on whose side type stuff. And uh, I mean, you remember that you know big airport scene because everyone does. Yeah. But you really like once the movies. And I think I remember thinking this at the end of it, but I guess I forgot. Man, oh man, could this have just been an Avengers movie? Uh, like essentially was, yeah, yeah, because everybody's in it. And this is one of the not one of the first or one of the only, but this is one of those times where when the van opens and when Scott is there, it's like, oh, I'm so glad that they've seen Ant Man, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah, when the, the things all kind of uh, uh, go together, so um. Um, yeah. And it's the first time we see both Black Panther and Spider-Man. Right, because uh, we got... Um, uh, so Black Panther we see at the... Uh, um, what do they call them? The, um, the Sokovia Accords. When they were like, yeah. trying to like, work out all that stuff. So, And you see him in action on the highway with, uh, you know, with Bucky there. And then I didn't remember that Tony excuses himself to like go visit uh, uh, Peter before like you know you see him in the battles like i had this memory in my head that like you saw him in that scene first but that might have just been me remembering the trailer because i think he was at the very end of the trailer um but yeah super cool uh this the story beat where you get to see uh you know the the details of that security camera footage that plays at the very beginning of the film that still hits pretty hard like the kids were like it was like that darth vader moment where they were like and like you know, kind of looking over to us, and we're like, "Yeah, it's gonna go down." So, um, so that was one really of the times cool. too where they didn't kill off the villain, and he was a decent villain with Zemo. Yeah, a helmet. Yep. So, uh, and I, I kind of 
the same thing. I haven't forgotten, but uh, it's just kind of, you know, things leave your mind. So when I saw him, I just instantly thought of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to we're going to get him later. And so he's, yeah, he's a great villain. And then at the very end, um, and that's and you see um, Black Panther go through this pretty cool arc of really just straight to vengeance, like as as quick as he can, and then comes out of it to kind of break the cycle. So that's a really cool kind of intro for his character as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we had we had a great time with that one, um, and uh, we ended up watching. Uh, I had the the I had the chronological list here just to make sure I had him. Uh, so we and we watched um, Black Panther um, a few nights ago, and we watched uh, Doctor Strange just this evening. Just finished it before we uh, joined up with this call here. So, uh, love Doctor Strange, man, it's so good, and uh, and it's the one that I knew the least about going into it. So when I originally uh. saw it, so when I originally saw it, I you know, I really you know zero like zero knowledge of it. So. Getting through that whole thing, and you, we know we know how I feel about Mads Mikkelsen. Um, Matt, he out of like like there's a lot of jokes in all the marvel movies but he has one of my favorites and it's so dumb it's almost like a dad joke when he's like uh mr doctor yeah yeah and it gets me every single time he says mr and he says it's doctor actually mr doctor and he says it's strange and he says maybe but who am i to judge (laughs) and he's completely such such a good exchange yeah (laughs) oh so great yeah and he's kind of and with the way his eyes are kind of like done up and bleeding it's really similar to the way he looks in death stranding um so it always kind of gets me with uh, uh with that piece as well but yeah matt mads is so good and, that, and it's a great movie um so yeah we were and then you know not not that my kids are anywhere near driving but like as he's about to get into his accident i'm like guys like why don't we ever drive fast like this is what happens and it's a brutal accident um, yeah. right at the beginning of this uh, movie so it's a great way to start it up um so yeah, so we uh, we got we're really we're really coming to the end of it. We've got Thor Ragnarok, and then we've got Infinity War, Ant Man and the Wasp, and then uh, Endgame. Or wait, Captain Marvel is Captain Marvel squeezed in there? No, no, no. It that, is. that was that was early. After, so yeah, you were watching them chronologically, not right. Captain Marvel would have been yeah. like one of the first ones. It was like yeah, the second, second one. one. It was yeah. the second one we watched. Yep, yep, yep. But I, it I did come out yeah right before uh, Endgame. Yeah, because chronologically, yeah, because she's because she shows up in Endgame, so like you at least yeah. know who she is there. But yeah, I was looking at a non-chrono list right there. So yeah, and then um, so and the the boys are talking about like, oh, Wakanda Forever's in theaters right now. Can we see it? And I was like, you know what? There's still like a bunch of content that would be good to get through. So I said, I think the first one we're going to see in theaters with you guys is going to be Ant Man three. Yeah, you don't don't let them watch that one yet. There's stuff that they would need to know leading up right. to it yeah and and they asked about um oh they asked they asked about man the rate oh, you're going yeah, they, you guys they, are going to be ready for like ant-man and guardians and stuff oh, as they come out this yeah. year yeah and we're doing sweet. like a few a week which is great so um they said um uh because after we finished tonight they were like dad dad is there a because uh, it says at the end oh like, dr strange will return you know in this movie whatever and they were like, is there a Doctor Strange 2? Uh, no, they said, is there going to be a Doctor Strange 2? I said, there already is. And they said, what's it called? So I told them. And they said, can we watch it? And I said, yeah, but we have to watch WandaVision first. So, like, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. You know, so. And that one, like, I don't know how your kids are with, like, kind of scarier movies. That one's 
got some I, dark stuff in I've, there. I've seen it, yeah. So there's some scenes. So there's a few things that we've shown the kids that they're like, oh, yeah, this is fine. And there's other things that they've told us, like, no, this is scary. I don't like this. So there's still some stuff that we haven't shown them. Like, they haven't seen Lord right. of the Rings yet, which I really would love for them to see. But there's a you know good amount of scary imagery. I think so. it might help with WandaVision first, but just I know with some kids, like, seeing a good guy be the bad guy is really tough. And so mm-hmm. seeing Wanda, like, be pretty brutal in that movie might be the more jarring thing than the actual stuff that's happening. Right. Yeah. So yeah, but we'll get we're we're going at a pretty good pace and and they're enjoying it. So uh, yeah, having lots of fun with that. And um, uh, Kelsey will be happy to hear that I started during my dad nap today because it just mm-hmm. got added to Netflix. I think today, the Brad Pitt Bullet Train is on Netflix. So the movie's great. I. If I don't get it for Christmas, I'm going to buy it because it was awesome. I remember you saying that. I remember hearing similar things from people. Um, so I started it. I enjoyed what I saw. I felt myself getting drowsy. So I, I stopped. So I'm going to keep it going. Um, but yeah, uh, I like what I see so far. I can never remember uh, Kick-Ass's name, uh, John, the Taylor or something, um, the actor who plays Me either. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? The guy who yeah, plays uh, Kick-Ass? Yeah, and he's, yeah. In, uh, he's in Tenet. Um, as well um really really great and i've never seen him in this kind of role where he's kind of has this like kind of like funny you know british hitman you know uh, type rapport <laughs> with his partner there so and and brad pitt so far is like you're kind of piecing together the info like he's kind of goofy and he's got the handler and like he's got a banter with them and he's not a dope but like he's like dropping stuff and oh i forgot this you know like so there's some weirdness happening there, but it, it seems like it's just going to be like fun, funny, fun action the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. And last thing I'll, I'll uh, mention is uh, in concert cast news, uh, a big tour was announced, uh, kind of surprise announced the day that uh, they announced uh, they put out a, a new song. Uh, Metallica released a single, announced a new album and announced a, I think, two year world tour, like all on the same day, which is pretty big news. Um, I was a little afraid that these tickets were going to kind of blow up like everything else has been blowing up. Um, the closest they're coming to me is Giant Stadium, which is in uh, northern New Jersey, which is like about like an hour-ish, maybe a little bit long, uh, more than that from me. Uh, and there are plenty of tickets available, which is great. It's a football stadium, so it's, you know, it's a big place. And the tickets appear to be about like 155 for the ones you can get straight Are you going to take your kid there too he's into the black album now so so here's what's going on um they're they're doing this really cool thing where uh they're doing two shows at each location and all the shows are on friday and sunday uh which is great you don't have to worry about you know weekdays or sorry um i guess the sunday would be like you know like a school night or a work night but um there's no no tuesday wednesday thursday concerts right but when you buy the ticket you're buying it for the weekend so the upside is you're actually buying a ticket to two Metallica shows and there's no repeats. It's different set lists both nights and different opening bands both nights. So you really get to see like a whole bunch of music. If you like all the artists, it works out great for you. You cannot buy single day tickets until January. They're letting everyone kind of like, you know, get the two days out of the way. And then if there's anything left, you get uh, the one days. So at 155 each, um, you know, to bring, you know, at least one kid and to commit to, you know, going to two days and they're not trans. If you usually you can sell tickets, you know, that you buy on Ticketmaster 
they're not letting you like split the two day ticket up. So if you like buy the two two day ticket, like it's if you sell it, you have to sell both days. So it's it's a little bit weird that way. But um, so to answer your question, we haven't really uh, nailed down if we're gonna try to go yet or not. I don't know. I don't think my wife's like that big a fan. So it's really gonna be, you know, if I do you know who the opening bands are yet? Yes, they. I know one's Pantera, which I'm not like huge into. What? That's, that's like the that's the reunion like weird. with, with Zach Wild, yeah. Uh, okay, I didn't know Hang about out. that. Yeah, so uh, he's been like rehearsing with the band in preparation for the. Uh, Is Ansamo singing? That I don't know. But yeah, here we go, Metallica tour. I'll just look it up real quick, and we can make sure we get the right info here. Uh, new song is called Lux Eterna, which is uh, actually Kelsey. You can help me out with this. Um, many people are saying uh, that it sounds like a Diamond Head song, and I do not know Diamond Head. Do you know Diamond Head? I do know Diamond Head pretty well. I haven't heard their new song yet, but if it sounds like Diamond Head, that's that's a good thing. So you've probably heard some Diamond Head through Metallica covers, though. Oh, maybe uh, if they had Garage Inc. Uh, yeah. some stuff. Uh, so they did Am I Evil? That's like the oh, big, big one. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, the, the Prince they've done a cover of. I guess they just didn't um, know that was Diamond Head covers. And yeah. they have a third one. I'm just blanking on it right now. But yeah, they love Diamond Head. They've done a few of their songs in the past. Yeah, it's very... So yeah, if you haven't heard the song, it's called Lux Eterna. It's very like thrashy. It's very fast. People say it sounds like the first couple albums um so uh hang on let me get this more info here so i can tell you those opening bands because their website really wasn't being very nice uh here we go so the lineup is metallica plays both nights obviously on one of the nights it's pantera and mammoth uh wvh so i assume wolfgang van halen is playing guitar with them oh yeah that makes sense and then the other night is uh metallica obviously with five finger death punch and ice nine kills not familiar with them no me either yeah so pantera is the only name that like jumped out at me as uh something that i recognize and i'd seen in other news that zach wilde has been rehearsing to it'll, it'll take you right back to that mri you had yeah be in that in that tube again <laughs> right in there yeah as long, as long as they don't just put the country on for like you know 45 <laughs> minutes i can get through it even though there is some country that i do like so yeah so that'll that'll just about wrap uh, me up there and we went on for a little bit there but there's a lot a lot of stuff yeah um so we talked about game movies last time uh, a great conversation. So I watched a game movie since we talked last. I watched Wing Commander. Didn't watch Tron. Didn't watch Last Starfighter. I chose Wing Commander <laughs> instead. That's a choice. Freddie Prince. You could make. So, you know, so you know what's funny? Like I don't know if it was the algorithm or you know or whatever, but like since our last talk, I like I've been getting these like suggested news feeds of like oh like you know is the Last Starfighter sequel actually happening? And, uh, <laughs> like they've been talking about it forever, and as 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 recently as like within the last like six eight months they're like yeah like it's definitely definitely happening but then like just the last few weeks it's like uh it may it may not it's still kind of that development thing but apparently they've been i didn't realize it's been a thing like they've been looking at it for a long time weird um you can skip wing commander though it's uh, uh yeah freddie Prinz. um uh what's his name uh matthew uh, lillard matthew lillard yeah, yeah. Um, I recognized a couple of the people. I don't know the names to them, though. Okay. But, like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie where the villains matter less than in Wing Commander. 
where they they talk about them and they build them up and they're you know they got this thing they're gonna destroy earth with it and then you never meet them until like i don't know 15 minutes to the end they like board one of their ships to like steal fuel and they just like show up kill a few none of them there's maybe two lines from all the villains and none of them have names even in the subtitles or anything and then they're just gone like they don't exist anymore after that so you know and, what's amazing and that I didn't know. I just looked up the movie to see, like you know, some of those actors you're talking about. It was written and directed by Chris Roberts, like one of the developers of Wing Commander. They usually don't let like the inside man. They're like, oh no, like we'll we'll get someone to do it. Right? There's a reason for that. Yeah. Right? I I got the feeling that if I had played a bunch of Wing Commander, uh, some of the story that they didn't talk about would have made more sense. Mm. I think this was maybe just made for huge Wing Commander fans, not to pull in new fans kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it was it was slow and boring. And like one of the characters, the way she dies, uh, like normally when, when a, a plane's crashing, like, you know, you got the screaming, boom, there's like fire and stuff. They really leave it like, what if? Like, maybe she's still alive. And then they never touch on that again. Like, I really thought she was going to come swoop in at the end of the movie and save the day. Or they were going to no, find her, did. like, escape pod floating out. And Like, nope, they just don't talk about her anymore. Like, she's just gone. That's it was weird. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, Jürgen Proch now in there. He's a heavy hitter. Good stuff. Um, yeah, yeah most of the generals I recognized from like other things, and they seemed like seasoned actors. Uh, and then it was just like the young, weird kids that they focused on through most of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Oh, same. And laughed a lot. It was really, really fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was pleasantly surprised. It's nice and short. I'll probably watch it again before Christmas. Um, the kids all had a good time, I think. Except my daughter. She kind of, she really loved the first two Guardians movies. And she seemed bored with this one, even though it's half the length and just like wandered off partway through the movie. Yeah, I guess I forgot to write this one down. I thought it was longer than it was. I think we put it on expecting it to be a movie. And then when I found it, it was like only like 45, maybe plus, you know, like maybe an hour with the credits. It was like, oh, we can also just watch the Marvel movie we we're going to watch now after this. Mm-hmm. So we did them like back to back. But yeah, it's nice. fun. It's got a good amount of music in it, which I wasn't really expecting. I like the animated stuff that got added in. As the the rotoscope stuff was cool. Yeah, yeah. As the um the the not not flashback prequel, kind of scenes. Yeah, it would be a flashback, uh, right? But yeah, and I, so it was a great way to get Michael Rooker uh, to uh, be involved in it. Um, but yeah, we had totally. a good time with it. Yeah. Um, for gaming stuff, uh, I've I've still been playing Smash Bros a little bit when when it comes up at work um and i started trying to play terry because i i learned and i didn't know this about smash brothers but the the characters from fighting games so like ken ryu uh oh i can't remember his name from tekken uh kazuma jin yeah uh and terry uh they actually like when you get on another side of a character they'll turn to auto face them like they do in fighting games and none of the regular Smash characters do that. Oh. And that's one of my worst issues with Smash Brothers is I'm, like, fighting in the wrong direction half the time. So when I found that out, I'm like, oh, i got to pick one of these characters. So I've been trying to learn Terry. And I haven't won a game yet during these tournaments. And I normally play somewhere in the middle, but I'm, like, dead last the last two <laughs> weeks. But I'm having fun with Terry, and hopefully I'll, I'll get a little bit better with him and, and can get a win under my belt. Um, 
Mike and I, we've been playing through Rule of Rose the last couple months, and we finally finished that off last Monday, and it is terrible. <laughs> it is one of the worst survival horror games I've played. It's not a good PS2 game. The price for it is outrageous for what you get. I, I don't understand any appeal that if anyone ever tells you they enjoy this game i don't understand them as a human being it's multiple hundreds right oh yeah like it's at least in canadian like it's slowly creeping up towards a thousand here no way i didn't know it was that high it's it's the most expensive ps2 game for standard releases i think Oof. i kind of wish i hadn't sold mine back when i did but i don't regret selling it yeah yeah it like the combat like you know how the combat in uh resident evils is like purposely like slow and hard to maneuver to like create tension kind of thing Mm -hmm. this one is just like i don't know if i'm gonna hit them i don't know what kind of damage i'm doing i don't know if they're gonna get back up i'm missing them and i don't know why and it was really and the the checkpointing is really there's there's huge gaps in between them so if you die during a fight you're going back like an hour kind of thing yeah, no, just uh, just a quick ugh. price charting check, uh, six fifty complete. So man, that Canadian's yeah. got to be creeping yeah, up to, to what seven eight. Kind of oh man, yeah. I had no idea it was up there. It's bonkers. Yeah. Um, so the the only thing and the whole game we're playing, neither of us understands what's happening. Like we're in a we're in like a zeppelin. We climb up to the roof of it, and now we're outside by a tree, and there's like a creepy girl hitting a bag that you don't know what's in. And we're, we're not understanding what's going on. So I'm hoping that like, the silver lining, maybe we finish the game and it'll have a really cool ending. It'll make sense of everything we just played. Mm-hmm. And so we see the ending. Both of us look at each other like, do you understand what just happened? He's like, nope. I don't know what we just did the last like 15 hours. Like, makes no sense to me. <clears throat> so, so, so what you're saying is you're, you're much better off playing Rumble Roses? Probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, so Mike sent me a wiki the next morning. It's like, here's... <laughs> the game explained and so i'm reading it and i'm like these like this is such a stretch like that people they're trying to make sense of this story with guesses at some Mm -hmm. points like if you if you pay attention to this news clipping that you would have seen in this one item if you read it and what this one line of dialogue said you know maybe it means you know that this guy ate children i'm like what like this is I've, I've, read like, I've read like you know like movies explained that way like well if you refer to this uh, like ancient Norse uh, uh, fairy tale <laughs> that was nothing to do with this movie it says this so you can infer that this means this I'm like okay we're you've already lost me you're like over the river yeah. and tr- just trying to guess yeah. so I don't think there was anything really redeemable about that game the music wasn't good because it was creepy weird atmospheric like bad violins and and pianos just to creep you out kind of thing. But it ended up being more weird than creepy, so it wasn't even scary. I even if you're a huge survival horror fan, I would say it's skip Rule of Rose. Not worth your time. That's too bad. Uh, yeah, I hate it when the uh, uh, the ones that people really go after and pay bucks for are just absolutely not worth playing. Yeah, like the only like this is just me rationalizing to myself, and I know that it's like, hey, I got to cross another Atlas game off my list. I played that Atlas game, so mm. woo. Um, much better though. Uh, I picked up Dragon Quest Heroes two again with with my buddy, um, and we've gotten to the point where we like we try and do all the side quests in in the Dragon Quest games too. So where our characters are 
better than they're supposed to be at this point. We're trying to like upgrade our jobs and we can't because we haven't hit a certain story point yet, but we've like maxed out all our quests. So we have to progress the story, which feels weird. And then um, I've mentioned them on the show before, but the Dark Pictures Anthology games, a new one just came out two weeks ago. So we picked that up last Sunday and we're going to play again tomorrow. And it they're just so much fun. This one doesn't do anything so far that the other ones haven't done. It's just another campy horror story that I get to play with some buddies. Cool. Uh, there are a lot of weird technical issues in this one and they've all had some tech issues but they're more distracting in this one than they have been in a while which feels weird because i think this is like the fourth or fifth one like i feel like they should have some of these ironed out by now but they're just there's more instead of less i feel like that with the metro games like the 2033 like like that series like i have played a few of them and i'm like these have been out for a while like shouldn't they kind of have this figured out and then i like check online it's like oh like they have no idea like, like they add things and it just more stuff breaks. Yeah, like there's a character who's got a, a camera on this one and he, like he's got a mechanic where he can take pictures of things. And like he pulls up the camera and there's no camera and he just walks around with his hand in front of his face like an idiot. Mm. And then one time the camera was like orbiting his head for a while <laughs> and it got stuck in a door. And then so we didn't have the camera, but he could still take pictures with just his fingers and... That's not it's, how you take pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I do, but watching another person do it's uncomfortable. Gotcha. Um, but we didn't get far because uh, one of the guys we were waiting for ended up being held up for like three hours into our playtime. So we, we had a slight, late start, but we're going to try again tomorrow, get a little further. Uh, but it has to do with, uh, do you know Henry Holmes, the like serial killer from the 1800s that like built the crazy uh, hotel with all the like, moving doors and no, I don't, pin I don't, platforms. You, I don't think you probably find this hard to believe, but I don't spend a lot of time checking up on, you know, the history it's, of murderers. <laughs> it's a really famous case, though, because he's U.S. He's, like, the first, quote-unquote, serial killer down there, and, like, he's got the biggest body count ever because uh, well, he literally built a whole building to, like, purposely trap people that were coming in from different places because it was a hotel. Well, so it's hard to catch him. We're going to do it. We're going to do it the best. Yeah. So the whole thing revolves around that, uh, which is, you know, an interesting setting. Uh, so we're, we're not far yet. We're like a documentary film crew trying to do a, a film about this guy. Um, so we've got like a cranky old director and like a young starlet and the photographer and the nerdy lighting girl or sound girl. And like, so it's, it's a fun cast to be with. Though. Cool. Um, also, yeah. real quick, I misspoke. Um, I wasn't thinking of the Metro games. I was thinking of the Stalker games. Those like Shadows of Chernobyl uh, and Call of Pripyat. Those are the ones I, I remember being very buggy. I thought you meant Fallout maybe too. No, yeah. I mean like if it's uh, uh, who made uh, New Vegas? Uh, Obsidian? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it's Obsidian. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for the catch up though. So let's get to the main topic. Um, so a couple months ago, I had both of these gentlemen uh, pick a game from their backlog, as did I. Uh, and the goal was just to play it for a bit or to finish it if you enjoyed it. And I was going to grill you with some questions. Uh, a few of our patrons also joined in. So after uh, three of us uh, discuss, I, I've got some uh, some words from our, our patrons to uh, to share with you as well. So first, uh, I'd just like you guys to remind us what games you chose. Uh, so Chris, uh, what did you end up playing for your backlog game? 
I chose Valkyrie Profile for the PlayStation. Right. And Bill, what did you end up playing? I chose Vanquish by Platinum Games. Man, I should have picked a game that started with V. We could have been BBB. <laughs> I was close, though. I picked Yakuza, so I'm not that far you off could, on the alphabet. You could have, you could have picked VVVVVVV. <laughs> right? Could have out-V'd both of y'all. Um, so, Chris, are you happy with the choice that you made now that you've uh, got some perspective on it? Bill tells you to say it all. <laughs> I am decidedly not happy <laughs> with the choice that I made. Um, maybe I should have done some homework before I made the choice. I didn't. I just kind of went on the vibe that everyone had given me over the years. And spoiler alert, that's not a good way to choose uh, a game. So, yeah. Nope. <laughs> you know how... You know how that, that cost-to-value relationship you just have with Rule of Rose? Yes, okay. I do. I don't think it's that bad, but I mean, it's an Comparable. expensive game that I didn't really think warrants the cost to me. Right. So you, you mentioned like you went, kind of went off the vibe it had. So what kind of vibe did you expect going in? What kind of uh, clout did it have in your mind before you started? So... Um, this one gets a lot of props, and I, I, you know, I heard enough of the, hey, it's like a turn-based RPG, JRPG. Oh, okay, I like those, right? And um, specifically, Kelsey, I'm sure you know, like Cat Bailey, um, fawns on this game. Kind of like this is my favorite game ever. Fawns on this okay. game all the time. I, I hear her always talk about Final Fantasy VIII, and I phase out, and I don't hear the rest of the things she says. <laughs> so what I've learned now is that if someone says they really love Final Fantasy VIII, don't trust anything else they tell you. <laughs> oh, come don't on. Trust, don't trust anything else. It's, 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 a, it's a ploy. Now, I, I'm sure it's fine, and I'm sure there's people that do enjoy it. It is a JRPG, but it's not like a traditional JRPG. I mean, there are turn-based battles, but they're weird, and the PlayStation is trying different things kind of way. It's very Was pretty. This- was this a Sony game or a Square game? I can't this remember who Square. did this one. Square? Okay. Yes. Uh, I want to say Square Enix. I kept no, trying to remember. No, they, they wouldn't have been together yet. They. It's a pretty late PlayStation game. I, it, it might still be just Square. I don't remember. Somebody will look it yeah. up and tell me. I'm going to look it up right now. I don't care. Yeah, but it's... Uh, or my, oh, wait. It's Enix. Maybe that's... A, is it an Enix game? I don't remember. You'll look it up. You'll tell me. I think it's Enix. Um, Square Soft. Square Soft. Okay. I'm getting it all mixed in my head. It tells you how much I played. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. I It's It's really story heavy up front. Like, you have to watch a lot before you get to do anything. It's in that PlayStation, like, check out all this amazing FMV cool stuff we've prepared yeah. for you. Sit back and buckle in, and I'm just like, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Does it look good at least? Oh, it's beautiful. I'm yeah. not going to argue. It's a beautiful PlayStation 1 game. And if you're into maybe non-traditional JRPGs, maybe it's a game for you. I'm not going to say it's it's a bad I'm not gonna say it's a bad game. It's just not a good game for me. Mm. Uh, I don't dig it, and I don't think I'll ever go back to it. 
Um, so I'm thinking in the back of my head, man, I wish I knew somebody. So any listeners, if any listeners have, um, oh, daggone it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to space it and Kelsey's going to have to edit in. It's the um, other tactical game for the PlayStation. Vandal Hearts. If anybody has Vandal Hearts 2 and you want to do like a straight up trade for a Valkyrie profile, <laughs> hit me up. Because I've, I've got the first Vandal Hearts. I like those games. I like that game. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's it's funny when you mention like when they're like really story heavy up front. I remember playing a few games in the PlayStation One era that I absolutely loved that do this. And I don't know what happened, what changed with me, but like now if like a game does that, I'm kind of with you. I'm like, guys, like let me play your game. Like I can learn this stuff <laughs> later. Like Metal Gear Solid One, you can skip it and you can just get right to the game. But like when I think back of like when you start the game from when you like you know, get to that first like little tank oh, yeah. battle. There's there is tons of story exposition that's told just through codec conversation, cutscenes, the famous Hind D. Um, I really like the intro to another Square uh, RPG on the PlayStation One called Vagrant Story. Had a whole big like you know like rendered you know like story thing that comes into it. This is like the fifth game that starts with V. We've talked about already, right? <laughs> uh, Vagrant Chronicle Hearts Story. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so um, I don't know what ch- if it was something changed with me or you know just the way that I consume the games. But I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned that that because uh, I hate when a game does that now. But a couple of my favorite PlayStation One uh, games uh, did that, and it didn't bother me back then. I remember what, what I don't even remember. I was over at a friend's house. What I probably talked about on the show at some point. So a friend's house. And he's like, oh, I got like the new Wolfenstein game or something. Let's check it out. And so Does I sit down. Wolfenstein? Wolfenstein. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give that an honorary V title. Uh, I, it, it spent like 10 or 15 minutes. It's, it's a Wolfenstein. I was shooting Nazis. It spent right. like 10 or 15 minutes before I could even do any. I was, and by the time I got there, I, I'm done, dude. Just yeah. I don't want to play. You play. I don't want to play this. So I, I misspoke when I said Squaresoft. It was Enix. It was Enix. Okay. Okay. So I was thinking right, Enix. Yeah. Um, I can imagine at the time this, you know, probably was like, wow, this is so beautiful. And um, it, it's kind of like you're this Valkyrie and you have to like go around the world and like find these souls, like these heroes to guide to Valhalla or whatever and like the the turn-based battles are like they're like a group like a party and you just like have a button for each like person in the group it's kind of I don't know it's kind of weird I don't really know how to describe it really well um so you obviously didn't finish it how far do you think you got into the game like just an hour or two or probably like three or four hours into the game and then I think I got to like where I played a, a couple of the fights, and I was like, I, I just don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. And yeah, when there's just so much stuff you enjoy spending your time doing, and you know, like when we were starting this, I was still playing. I was just thinking like, oh, I would really just really go play Elden Ring more <laughs> than do this. <laughs> and so it's really easy just to go, nah, no, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. And. I'm sure it's fine for the. I'm not trying to beat up if you. This is your favorite game, or you really like it. I'm not trying to say it's a bad game. I'm just trying to say it's not the right game for me. Makes sense. So I I think we know the answer to this already. But like, there is a sequel 
There are, are there you, are several. Yeah, there, uh, there's a handheld one and the PS2 one. Is that right? Yeah, there's Lenith. That's um, DS. That's PSP. Or PSP, right? I think there's the there's a DS game. I think it's Japanese only. Um, and there's a PS2 game. Yeah. And, that one's when they became Square Enix, I think. And then there's a new one that either just came out or is about to come out. Valkyrie Elysium, I think. Right. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think that's out yeah. yet. Matt Damon's in that one. They just announced it. <laughs> right. Um, armor. <laughs> so, I don't, I've never played any other ones. Going off this, I'm not going to play any other ones. Um, again, it, it gets a lot of praise. I, you know, it's okay. I like There's a lot of these games like that you were talking about earlier that I know you guys like. I don't like them at all, and that's okay. Yep. Yeah. It's just not for me. Absolutely. All right, Bill. So Vanquish, um, are you happy with your choice? I am happier s- than Chris, at least. He I'm set the bar really high. S- yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to hit that. Um, it's almost uh, uh, as unhappy he'd be as if he chose Final Fantasy V... One one one. I know another, another V game. I've played that game. Or sorry, I I I. I don't know how you'd say that. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm very happy with my choice, and and nothing. Uh, uh, it's pronounced uh, Vi Vi. Yes, that's right. Uh, Final Fantasy six <laughs> six. <laughs> so um, I'm very happy with my choice. It's uh, uh um, it's not super often that kelsey will say hey like everything i know about you like i think you'd like this game um even though there's games that we are on the same wavelength on and we agree on but like it's not super often that it happens so it's always had this uh kind of like you know little check mark next to it where like i would kind of be looking through stuff to play and i'd come across it and i always think uh kelsey told me like kelsey said that's the one right i i don't like to recommend games to people because I'm terrified you won't like the thing I like. <laughs> and and I've done it before. I'm like, and I'll tell people, you know, I love this game, you know, and it's hard to say, you know, like, oh, like sometimes you're like, if you love this, you might like this. And if you like, you know, aspects or fragments of this, you might like this. But I mean, there's always a chance, like we've all recommended games to somebody and they're like, yeah, it wasn't for me. So, um, you know, they... You, you leave it to them to make the choice, but yeah, like I've um, I've recommended Rogue Legacy to people, and some have loved it, and some have been like, yeah, it didn't hit for me, you know. So there's it always happens. So, but yeah, it's um, uh, I was nervous about it because of you know like platinum and being action and being like a big baby. Um, I found out uh, I decided I was going to try it out before committing to it because if I like started it and I couldn't get out of the first level, I wasn't going to commit to it. But I, I, if you guys remember, I played like, uh, you know, not like, cause it's, it's split up into missions and acts. So I played several missions like within the first act and had fun and, you know, I died a couple times, but like it was nothing that I couldn't, you know, get through with uh, just being careful and, you know, like picking off certain enemy types earlier or something like that. So I was like, yeah, I'll go with it. So I did kind of give it a test run first, but yeah, very, very happy with it. Ended up enjoying it very much. Uh, played it across three different, you know, pieces of hardware, all on the Steam account because of the Steam uh, <laughs> uh, save uh, uh, situation. So yeah, very very happy. So you mentioned like plat- it's platinum game, and they have kind of gotten reputation now. I don't think they had much of a reputation when this game came out. So what? Be like you've never played a platinum game before, I think. Uh, so what kind of ideas did you have about what what did you think that was going to be like before you started? So when I think of Platinum, um, 
so I, I would I would say I never you know played a platinum game before, but like I had like fired up Mad World, and I like knew about Bayonetta, and I had like played the Revengeance demo, you know. So like I kind of okay. had a feeling that there was, you know, this um. And you had spoken to me about um Astral Chain on our episode about like convince me to you know play did, more Switch. Did stuff. you ever do Wonderful One One as well? No, and that was one okay. you had talked about because I never played Beautiful myself. But my brother always played it, and I always watched him play it. So it was always um, kind of like, uh, kind of like another V game, man. Yeah, exactly, everywhere. yeah. So uh, yeah, use some gonna... other letters, guys. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could also talk talk about any number of virtual games, <laughs> Fire Racer, racing um, all of them. But uh, but yeah, tennis. So, and then there and then there were ones that I think I kind of like because when I looked them up to see like, okay, is there anything that I would know? There were some games that I kind of forgot were platinum. That uh, like the there was like the couple Star Fox games, um, and which uh, Star Fox games? The, I don't the Wii I U know. ones, uh, Zero, Star Fox Zero oh. on Wii U and Star Fox Guard. Um, and so the, it's those are co-developed with Nintendo. So I don't know how much of it platinum okay. did. Maybe they got like contracted to come in and help out. Um, so I knew they did like a Transformers game and a Ninja yes. Turtles and I think an Avatar game. Yep. Yep. So, um, but yeah, so I was, um, you know, I kind of knew a little bit, but I hadn't really played a ton. So like in general, when I think action, part of my brain goes back to Ninja Gaiden Black. And I don't know why my brain does that, but like that's just one of the things it goes to. It's a really good example of like when games are transitioning to 3d they kind of struggled with action for a while until it was like devil may cry and ninja guide and kind of like set the bar and i remember playing that game early on and you know not being good at it and someone saying to me like this is what an action game is now like it may it might have been something else before that but this is kind of he was like this is what i kind of point to when people are like what's an action game and i just remember you know associating that that action genre with you know difficulty requiring precision um so i knew that you know vanquish wasn't going to be a shmup it was going to be like that third person kind of uh you know uh shooter but just knowing that platinum was more of an action company i wasn't expecting a third person shooter like gears of war i was expecting a third person shooter closer to a shmup where like there's lots of frantic action and just the, the way that you traverse the environment was uh, really interesting from the beginning so that uh, that was a big hook as well so did you end up finishing it i did vanquished vanquish congratulations thank you and uh i oh i forgot to pull this up before we got started i will pull up my final stat screen uh that i took a picture of so uh while i'm pulling that up trying to find it triple s rank platinum yeah for sure (laughs) uh if if there's a if there's something lower uh I, i think i'd probably be uh you know closer to uh closer to the F or, or G range. Um, but because, because like you guys said, like um, I've had apprehension about trying uh, some games of theirs before. And when I've mentioned like, you know, Devil May Cry or Bayonetta and I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know if I can get through it. And you guys have said, you know, don't play it going for ranks, just like play, have fun. Don't worry what the rank is. And it was part of what I, uh, when I played and Chris, you can correct me. Did street fighter four, Four rank you when you played? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, they I, they I, stopped I, doing that in five. 
I feel like I remembered playing I started that. in three. I hate and, it. I hate that. And I was, yeah, it was, yeah, right. Yeah, three would do it too. And I would play and I would win and it was like D minus. And I'm like, well, this, that's, what do you mean D minus? What am I doing wrong, right? So I would go into training in Street Fighter 4 and I would try to like learn the combos and different stuff. But it just got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to play and have fun and I'm not worried about rankings. So, um, so thankfully, this game doesn't like rank you as terms of like letters. It just at the end of like a mission or act, it'll just kind of give you like your stats. So my final results, uh, my uh, uh, total score, uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, mission time. Uh, uh, hang on, I want to make sure I'm looking at the right one because there are there are ones for like just like certain missions. Uh, yeah, distance traveled like forty four six seventy. I assume that's feet because I don't think I, I traveled 44,000 miles or maybe yards. Meters. Kilometers. Yeah, kil- meters or kilometers maybe, yeah. Um, 29 deaths, so across you know, like several dozen Very respectable. You know, missions. I don't, I don't think that's nice. too bad. No, um, that's great. So wounded friendlies assisted, 24 because your, your guys as they you know, get knocked down. As long as, long as you die more than your friends. Yep. You yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and then, um, th- I like this one at the end here, uh, Developers Destroyed 77. There's this really cool mini game during the end credits oh. <laughs> where, like, there's all these asteroids kind of, like, flying, like, towards you, and you got, you're, like, the gunner, and you're, like, shooting them, and they all have, um, like, developer faces on them, so when you, like, blow one of them up, then, then it shows the developer's, uh, face and their name and everything, uh, I, I would like more games to do this where they put a face uh, to the name so you can see the people that are making the games. Sure. Um, but it was it was it was awesome. So yeah, I, I, I did finish it. Um, I started it on my home PC, which has the ultra wide, which it does have ultra wide um, uh, hacks, uh, uh, you know, a modified uh, you know runner so you can extend the view. I played it on Steam Deck, which it works very well on. It's a little bit cumbersome just because of the the shoulder buttons um just the way that the controls go like there's stuff that you have to hold you know when you're like sliding around and then there's press and then there's like changing ammo and types on the d-pad it just was like slightly cumbersome holding of yeah like that i i don't think this game had any intention of being played on a handheld originally and or like it's not ported to a handheld either right. like it hasn't come to a switch or anything like that so yeah yeah so and then i've also played it on my gaming laptop um which i uh, usually have with me at work so if i have like you know like a little spare time on lunch or you know like uh, before or after like i'll just pop up a mission or something so yeah played it across uh, three platforms and uh, didn't have any uh, performance issues or anything like that right on did you have a favorite platform to play it on at home on the ultra wide i'd imagine yeah it's it's just it's so big and like uh just it's got this really cool thing where like when you load it up um you know it's it's just it's almost like reminds me of like the mass effect citadel where it's like this big kind of like floating you know like uh uh you know city or like space station or whatever and like the city it's kind of like on this rounded surface so like you could when if you flew over it you could you know like go to the city like takes this like 360 shape and when you fire the game up that whole thing just kind of like loads in and like you know spins around and it's got that thing where like as you're moving through the menus it like moves the camera kind of like through the city based on like what menu option you're on and it does this thing that crisis does that i really like where when you like choose something this like really deep 
you know, video gamey, like actiony voice, like says the option out loud. So when you go to start the <laughs> game, he goes Vanquish, Resident Evil. Yeah, exactly. Two. <laughs> <laughs> so it, there's just something cool about it. So um, if I if I was in a situation where I was like firing it up on the Steam Deck to like uh, do a few things or something like that, I'd always make sure the volume was on or the headphones were in so I could hear him <laughs> say Vanquish. Um, I will. One thing I'll also mention about this, the Steam Deck. Aiming, and we've, you know, we talked about it before, so I don't spend too much time on it, but aiming with a mouse is just so easy. You just, you click on heads. Like, you point to a head, you click on it. Um, this game has a good number of enemies that are a good distance away, so aiming, like, precisely in a game that's designed, like, by nature designed to move very, very quickly and have you, like, sliding through the environment. The one thing that does help you is when you're sliding through the environment, and if you then go into the aim down sights uh, to use your weapon, it does slow time down. So you can, you know, kind of have your time to, to aim a little bit. But uh, I did find that if it was just like a regular level or like something that wasn't too challenging, Steam Deck was not a problem at all. There was like one or two times where I got to something that was like required more precision. And I was like, I'm not going to be able to do this here. So I like stopped it, went to the PC and it was like not a problem at all. So that was uh, that didn't happen too too much, but I tended to prefer to play on the on the big screen whenever possible. Right on. So there's not any more Vanquish games, but there's lots of other Platinum games. Are you planning to play any more, or are you at least open to that possibility now? So yeah, I don't think there's anything that's that's like this either. Like um, so they no yeah. Platinum they, yeah other, unless they're like a numbered sequel like Bayonetta they mm-hmm. they kind of like do something different next time right yeah so but i I mean i was already um you know willing to give them a try on the astral chain it's kind of been on my watch list um when you guys have mentioned you know like don't worry about scores like you know look at bayonetta um so those were kind of like already on the list um the yeah there's 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 a I don't know if I'd say this has opened me up more to Platinum than I would have been just because the games are so different. Um, it's just one of these things that I'm just so glad that I, you know, took the plunge and, like, tried uh, and fired up. Um, I haven't talked about the the voice acting on this episode yet, um, but I just had a couple notes on here. Um, the main character, uh, the character's name is Sam Gideon, and he's voiced by Gideon Emery. So I don't know if there's some sort of, you know, relationship there where like, cause the, he's a, he's an accomplished voice actor. So I don't know if like the platinum guys just knew him and liked him so much. And they're like, Oh, let's put this little, you know, kind of like, you know, uh, maybe it was him. just a lazy writer situation. Like I yeah. can't think of a good name. Just yeah. use that guy's name. Yeah. How, or how about, uh, you know, Oh, Gideon's going to do the voice. Okay. How about Sam Fidian? You know, like, <laughs> but, um, I wanted to mention because he voices a character in one of Chris's favorite games uh, and he doesn't sound anything like him. When you hear Sam Gideon in this game, he sounds so much like solid snake that I really thought it was David Hayter for like a good chunk of time. Like it sounds really, really close. Behind D. Uh, yeah. So, um, so Gideon Emery also voiced Balthier in final fantasy 12 oh, um, as okay. well. It, but, but sounds, they sound nothing like each other cause he's doing a voice, totally. but mm-hmm. I looked up Gideon Emery's, um, uh, like, you know, kind of resume and he's all over the place. Lots of video games, a handful of movies, rando voices and like, you know, Fallout and Skyrim and stuff. So, um, but yeah, he's uh, was very, very good. Uh, 
the um, the other characters, uh, Robert Burns, I forget who he's voiced by, but he's he's the tank character, and oh man, is he overacted! <laughs> like uh, that's I, very common in platinum games. Yeah, so I overacting. Yeah, if we have some, wherever you know it makes sense to do these, I wrote down some of my favorite quotes uh, throughout the game from mostly Robert Burns. Um, there's all, the other main characters are President Elaine, uh, sorry, President Winters. Um, who's a, uh, I forget her first name, but she's a woman president of the U.S. And Elena is like, you're like Oracle. She's like, she's like the girl in the chair, like your, you know, like your IT or your, your uh, tactical support, I should say. In a nutshell, the story is completely ridiculous, but in a nutshell, like the, the U.S. Um, and Russia in the future, so it's not called Russia, it's like the Russian Star Alliance or like something like that because like there's been like uh, some movements on uh, like you know like what that actually means. There's like a microwave emitting super weapon that like uh, we were that like the Russia was taking control of, so the US has been sent in to like stop them. But then there's like a twist to that because there's like a, a secondary secret mission to like, oh, once we get to it, let's use it, you know, against these people. So I don't know how often the uh, the twist is a, a part of the uh, the platinum the history as well. But uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's not super deep, but it's got like a couple political ties. And I just think it's cool uh, having DARPA getting mentioned in there because like every Japanese <laughs> developed game that has like military uh you know implications there's always darpa involved they love those guys <laughs> but yeah the um uh is is it is it a good time for quotes or we save those for later? i would love to hear some quotes you gonna right. do your best uh, impersonation too i'll try but uh it, it might not it might be easier to understand me if i don't <laughs> so maybe i'll i'll do hit and miss and All also right. because of keeping the language uh, appropriate on the show i'll just have to leave some blanks in there so hopefully that there. that is is workable enough uh that it's not bad for anyone so um this is a two-parter <laughs> so this is this is burns he says uh to to your character to sam gideon you have to you know like uh, uh attack this uh, area and he says uh let's shove some tungsten up this tunnels right <laughs> and then following your uh uh, completion of that mission, he says, "This colony won't be walking straight for a while." <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this, you know, like uh, in, in you know shmups, especially where like the bosses are like you know three screens big, and there's like nine thousand. But so there's this boss that's huge that actually it spins around, and you have to like you know shoot certain things to get it to stop spinning, and then certain areas open, and then you know you can hit the vulnerable areas. So I think either right before the boss fight happens or maybe like after like a, a, a transition to another phase, uh, Burns says, they even make flying merry-go-rounds. Uh, and one of the, the cool just kind of like, it's one of these things that sounds cheesy, but then you're like, I don't know, is that cheesy? Is that cool? Uh, in, one <laughs> of the, in one of the, the, the high drama moments where like there's some, some big risk, I am not giving you permission to die. Uh, <laughs> This this one liner is great, and it's just like uh, uh, it's it's really simple, but I just it just got me. Thank God I'm an atheist. Uh, and then uh, classic, yeah, nothing better than a smoke to remind you you're alive. And then at the very end, 
when you think uh, just when you think all hope is lost and the bad guys are going to win, you come out of the ashes and you say, don't go making funeral arrangements just yet. <laughs> so some of these are just, you know, your your kind of tropey action movie, you know, type. Uh, 100%. But, but it's so cool because it's really in this space where because you, you know when 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 a movie when a movie or game like you're like oh they're not taking themselves too seriously you get the feeling that people making this are absolutely like totally serious about all of this yes. they just know it's so cool and they're like we're going 100% in this direction so that's probably the piece that gets me the most excited about trying other platinum stuff if they ju- if they take a direction and they're like yeah. that's where we're going deal with that's it bayonetta. that's bayonetta yeah i was just going to say bayonetta that's like bayonetta the dialogue is so weird and campy and they take it deadly serious and there's so many fun moments. A lot of, like a lot of lore going on in the Bayonetta world. Yeah, okay. So yeah. But yeah, so those those are all the uh, uh, just like the little, you know, some of the side notes I had for uh, for uh, but I, the voice acting was really cool. Um, the uh, and I, I did think there was going to be more bosses. There were you know more often than not like an act would end and it was like oh there was no boss fight there so there's like a handful kind of scattered throughout but I thought it was cool that they weren't just adding bosses for the sake of bosses like they kind of ended up where they thought they belong which kind of felt mm-hmm. better totally agree with that I'm really happy you, you tried something I like it like we talked about like I don't tend to recommend games unless I'm pretty confident they'll hit so I'm, I'm glad you tried it yeah, super cool. Glad I played it. And and the other thing too is, you never know if it's the algorithm or if you know because now that I'm you know talking about it, playing it, is that why I'm getting all this content? But I started seeing all these like rando tweets from people like, you know, uh, here's your your friendly reminder that Vanquish is a masterpiece and like they need to <laughs> they need to remaster it. Like you know like there's this game that's amazing that that so many people haven't played from you know back in the. That's- Probably totally. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody talk about Vanquish in my threads. Didn't they just recently redo it though? Well, it got released for Steam uh, without being like upresed or anything, but I don't know if it's been like redone. I thought there was like a pack for Vanquish and Bayonetta for the newer consoles, like a combo pack. Oh, I don't know. That'd be cool. I haven't seen that. Hang on. Vanquish. Oh yeah, I mean there was a story a couple of years ago. Um, now that the Vanquish remaster is here, what's the 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 best part? This is back in February of 2020. So, yeah, yeah I oh, sweet. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a combo. So uh, yeah, because it took seven years before Vanquish made its first port. So yeah, it was released in 2010. 2017, it came to PC. So that's the version I played. And it says now it's finally coming back to this to consoles. With this remastered edition, selling it and Bayonetta's tenth anniversaries. So yeah, your your memory was spot on there. I, I wasn't aware of that one. So there you go. Someone's already done the remaster for you. Very cool. Nice. Anything else you want to add before I start yakking about Yakuza? Uh, no, just uh, uh, I did, the only other like couple notes I had on here were I thought it was interesting that the uh, there's a lot of different weapons in the game. You can carry. You've got like your three or four weapon slots and then like your one grenade slot. 
and you can carry any weapon in any slot, which is great because I like to be able to, you know, assign a weapon I like to, you know, like left, up, or down on the D-pad or whatever. I thought the weapon upgrade system was interesting in that you could find upgrade tokens uh, for weapons out in the, the field. And also, if you picked up the same weapon that you were holding, it would upgrade that weapon, which caused me to... Um, at the first, I didn't love it because I wasn't trying a lot of different weapons. I was just looking for the weapon I was carrying. But then I realized right. that the weapon caches are so abundant that you really can change as often as you want. And like a lot of boss fights have a lot of weapon caches um, that you can kind of experiment with. So it ended up uh, working out in the end. Well, but yeah, that's uh, that's the only other thing I had on there. But yeah, I'm thanks for the recommendation. Glad to uh, to cross one off the list, and that was a, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, because you like that. Like, if you see a copy now, because I think they're pretty cheap. I think they're like twenty bucks. Uh, if you see a copy of Returnal for PS Five, I think it might be more up your alley than I initially thought it might be. Okay. Yeah, Just same thing. A fun action game, rogue type stuff in it. So. I think think it might hit. I need. I think you'd really dig the story of it too. It's really told in a cool way, and it's really sci-fi and time travel and stuff. Awesome, cool. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna talk about Yakuza for a bit. Um, so I picked this just because I keep hearing how weird and goofy the series has gotten, and I kind of wanted to see if I could hop on board because it sounded fun. So went back to where it started. Uh, and I did the Kiwami version, which is the remake uh, of the PS2 one on the PS4, which I played on my PS5. That's <laughs> a lot of PSs. That's so, a lot of PSs. So, so Yakuza Kiwami. That's over 10 PSs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Yakuza Kiwami. Um, and so it, it very much feels like a PS2 game, especially the, the combat and the size of the city and how the the side missions and stuff work uh, and sometimes that's really fun and nostalgic and sometimes you're like whoa i'm glad we've moved beyond this <laughs> kind of thing uh but the combat really grew on me at first i didn't like it because it was very it, it's it's not turn-based but it almost is you'll be like running down a, a street uh and some thug will recognize you and run over and it just like stops and like spins around you're like fight almost like a mortal Kombat starting or something and then you have a little 3d arena uh you do the fights in uh but once you go into the skill tree and unlock some new moves and you can increase your health bar do some extra damage you learn how like all the like you can grab items around you and there's a lot of weird items like you you'll, you'll be fighting a group of guys and you just like pick up a pylon and a bicycle and you're smacking it against everybody it's really fun and they, they always end in this big dramatic uh like slow motion thing like you hit the guy and he starts flying away and he's like landing on his neck and his body's like folding over him and then it like freezes freeze frames on that image for a bit and it, it got got a little more fun as it went along as i got uh more powerful i guess so i wasn't as worried about losing the fights i could just goof around in them a little bit um the story starts like deadly serious like you're you're uh working your way up the yakuza ranks and, and it's 1995 and you've got uh two friends uh one's a one's your partner and one's uh 
you kind of see them as your brother and sister, but you're you're also dating your sister. <laughs> She's not actually your sister. You guys all grew up in an orphanage together, mm-hmm. and uh, so so you're really really tight. You've known each other since you're kids. You've you've been in some terrible situations that you've helped each other out of, um, and you kind of find out your character uh, Kazuma is about to be promoted, and he's going to be the head of his own family, and this is a huge deal. Everybody knows you. You're known as the dragon of the Dojima family because you're just like, no one will fight you. Like, you're just, you're so strong. Uh, and so you meet this guy. random guys on the side of the street? <laughs> well, not not yet. At the start of the game, like, you are you're beefed out. Like, no one will take you on. Like, you're very <laughs> strong. And there's one guy named Majima who we'll come back again to later who wants to fight you so bad. He wants to, like, just get in this big brawl. And... Kazuma's got this like code of honor like he's like I don't fight unless I have to like I know I'm strong but like unless something makes me fight I'm not going to fight you and so Majima's whole thing is I'm going to create scenarios where he has to fight me and and he'll come back later but it's like the wimp low of Yankaza <laughs> it's it's a very fun dynamic uh, and I knew both of these characters from the Project Cross Zone games they come as a team there and it was a weird team because they don't seem to like each other. And and I kind of get why that is now that I've played Yakuza. Uh, they're part of different families and, and Majima is just uh, a constant headache. Um, so 1995, uh, you've got your, your two friends that you grew up with in the orphanage and you get a call and something terrible has happened. You have to run to this house and you find out that the one of the heads of the Dojima family that you were gonna like become equals with uh, tried to sexually assault your partner, and your other friend that you grew up with shot him and killed him because of that. So he's killed the, the head of a Yakuza family, and the three of you are the only ones that know. And you're standing in this room, and your character Kazuma makes the decision like you two get the hell out of here. Like I'm, they'll find me. When, when they come to clean up this mess. And so they they take off, and you're there holding the gun when the police show up, and uh, you get arrested. And you spend the next 10 years in prison. Uh, so we, we time jump to 2005 when you're getting released kind of thing. You do a little bit in the prison, not a lot. Only gets 10 and years, huh? <laughs> 10 years, yeah. Well, yes, 10 years. Okay. He's, he's out on parole. There, There's some some stuff with the police and things like they're obviously mostly controlled by the yakuza oh, okay. and the yakuza probably didn't have to put you in jail uh but they're like we need to make an example kind of thing and you can't be killing family heads so you do your your time and you get out and now because you haven't been fighting or like training properly and stuff for 10 years now you're like starting level stats like when people want to fight you, and a lot of them don't recognize you at this point because you've been out of the radar for 10 years. There's the odd guy that does. But most of the time, uh, people are fighting you because you're in the wrong part of town or like you're wearing the wrong so are, kind of. Are Japanese prisons like the opposite of American prisons? Because that's all people do in American prisons is work out. So at, at the start of the prison sequence, like right when you get... Uh, arrested um, you you have a big fight in the prison and you're still really strong because you're like 
you just this just happened. So you you wipe the floor with everybody, and then no, it's like you scare everybody for ten years. Nobody else will fight you for ten years. <laughs> and you you're just so get strong. lazy. Yeah, and Ooh. you basically just get uh, undisciplined over oh, the years. Okay, all right. Yeah. So once you get out, uh, that's when you can start building your like skill tree and your stats, and, you, and he starts remembering things, and he gets you get stronger pretty quick because you're getting back to your former glory kind of idea. Um, and as you get more renowned, too, people will start to recognize you and remember you're the dragon, that kind of stuff. Uh, but Doge, or Majima, uh, your rival, immediately when you get out, like starts pe- like pestering you, like he wants to fight, he wants to fight, and he you're comes like up sitting with around these... for ten years. <laughs> Just he's become his own family head of a rival family in the meantime. So he's got groups of goons now that can help him with these ridiculous, elaborate plans sometimes to like entrap you into a fight which are really funny uh for example uh you're you're walking down the street and you're not supposed to have uh weapons on you on the street so if you equip a weapon and you're walking down the street uh a cop will come up to you and he's like hey like buddy like you can't be having that out here and you turn around to to try and talk yourself out of it and the cop lifts his hat up and it's majima and he's like now i have to fight you because (laughs) you know you have a weapon uh, it's really so do you good. actually fight him? Yeah, over you fight him over? a whole bunch after you get out of prison. Like he and he just pops up like you're trying to do a story mission, and it's all of a sudden he's like there, like inserting himself. So you beat the tar uh, out of the guy over and over, and he keeps coming back. Uh, there's this great scene where uh, I'll, I'm going to be jumping all over the place, and there's going to be lots of spoilers. So if you don't want to hear about Yakuza spoilers, uh, skip ahead, no, twenty minutes. Uh, there's a girl that you're protecting named Haruka and Majima who has nothing to do with her, nothing to do with why she's in your life, kidnaps her just so he, she's like, if you want the girl back, you have to fight me to get her kind of thing. And you're in, at the batting cages. So there's like, there's bats and there's balls and stuff. And he's got like 20 lackeys you're fighting at the same time. And after, after you win that fight, uh, he's laying on the ground, and you're talking to him. You're telling him, like, bugger off, where's the girl? And one of his henchmen comes running up behind you with a knife. And he, Majima, gets up off the ground and jumps in between you and gets stabbed. And he screams at his goon. He's like, no one kills him but me. And like, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. And so he comes back, like, I don't know, an hour later into the game, somehow healed from his knife wound, ready to fight again. Okay, so he's like the comic relief kind of. Yeah, he's very silly. Okay. Yeah, the whole time, uh, very very weird. He wears an eye patch and like a open jacket with no shirt underneath, and it's like a leopard skin like leather jacket. Like he's very eccentric looking too. Nice. Yeah. Um, so the whole story is very soap opera-y. Uh, like your your friend that you you saved from going to jail during that 10 years he's kind of been promoted to the position you were about to get but nobody thinks he's worth that position and nobody respects him like he's got a few goons that work under him and they talk right to his face about how terrible he is and what a bad leader he is to the point where he kind of snaps and gets resentful of you even though you're not there you have nothing to do with it and he gets he gets some ambition that he didn't have before to uh, maybe rise up even further, and he sees you as an obstacle to that. So he's actually like your 
actual main rival of the game, not Majima. Uh, his name's uh, Nishikiyama. Um, and he gets quite uh, powerful while you've been away. Um, after like a long time, there's you, you keep seeing flashbacks of him uh, in the first few years, and he's just miserable, and people nobody takes him seriously, and they all treat him like garbage. Um, and you don't know what happened to your to your girl Yumi. She's she's kind of off the radar for lots of the game. Um, this Haruka girl you can find out is Yumi's niece, and Yumi has a sister that you didn't know about, and. The timing for Haruka, she's 10 years old. You've been gone for 10 years. So they really lead you to believe this is your daughter and you're spending a lot of time protecting your daughter. And then they twist that like right at the end where um, Yumi was so distraught by that night, the, the sexual assault and a murder right in front of her. Very understandable. She's kind of blocked that out and she like doesn't remember like two or three years of her life. And in that time, she's married uh senator and they've had a kid together and then he he's not a very nice guy this this senator uh he's done using her so she's gone and he's got a new family now and like she needs to die and the daughter needs to die so you're trying to protect this girl from a senator who's got lots of resources sent after to kidnap and murder this girl because he can't have a illegitimate child and like you know makes him look weak, that kind of stuff. But it wouldn't so, even be Ill- illegitimate. He was married. I, I think <coughs> I did say married. I don't think they were married. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I I said that wrong there. Okay. Um, yeah, because he he got the opportunity to marry, it's like a princess or something, like someone with significant power and influence. So he didn't need Yumi anymore. You also find out through uh, Nashikiyama that 10 billion yen has gone missing uh, through the current head of the Dojima family. So he calls him incompetent and is trying to revolt against him. And you don't the 10 billion yen, you don't really know who stole it. And that's kind of like a mystery through a lot of the game. And everyone's trying to recover it. Where's the 10 billion yen? Um, it gets really weird and crazy. Not to the point that I've heard the new games are. This one's still semi-grounded in reality. Um, it's like a soap opera, so there's stuff that obviously wouldn't happen in, in real life. But they don't try and get too outlandish with it. Um, there, The city's also really cool, too. Uh, there's a lot of places you can go. Like There's little mini-games everywhere. Like They tried to make it like a like a real city like you can go to the sega arcade and mm-hmm. you know play some sega games it's like shenmue uh yeah they definitely took a page out of the shenmue book with how the city is there, there's so many people you walk by and they'll have some of them will have side quests uh like hey like i'm a drunk guy on the street like i need you to go get me some alcohol and you, you know you can do it if you want you don't have to uh and they get really weird too like there's one where a uh, woman got her purse stolen. And so she's like, like, help, help, my purse is gone. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go track this guy down. And it ended up being a long quest where I tracked the guy down. And he's like, I already sold it, man. Like, someone paid me to do this. Like, so she was like, oh, she was targeted. Like, this wasn't a random purse snapping. 
And so people are telling you all over town where to go to find this guy. You'll find him. And then uh, he tells you uh, he was hired as well. Like So there's like middlemen in here. <laughs> you end up having a big fight with him, wiping the floor with, uh, with, with the guy who was the original pair. Uh, you fight him and his friends. And then you take this purse back to the, uh, the woman who got it stolen from. And she's like, thank you so much. I really needed this. I'm about to have a date. And it's got my uh, schoolgirl outfit in it. Because my boyfriend won't date anyone who's over 20. And I needed this for our date. <laughs> and then so you're like, really? That's what I spent my time doing? And she turns around and walks across the street. And the guy that she's meeting is the guy you just beat up that like paid to do that. They, they don't know that they're... They know each other because on the street, she's not dressed in her schoolgirl outfit. She's dressed oh, as a businesswoman. <laughs> so you're like, wow, I guess they deserve each other kind of <laughs> line. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. The, um, a lot of the side quests are, they start off making sense and then they just get a little bit more ridiculous as you go through them. Um, but to go back to the city, like, there's so many mini games. There's, like, gambling dens where they have, like, the American one where you can just, you know, you can go play poker, roulette, blackjack, that kind of stuff. And then there's uh, Japanese ones where you can play like a game called Silo and you know, Mahjong and several others that I, I tried and didn't understand the rules of uh, that were interesting, <laughs> but I would have had to put a lot of time into them to figure them out. So I just tried them quick. Um, there was like darts, there was billiards. There, you could play at the batting cages. Uh, there was an underground fight club. You can go to restaurants and like eat different food all around town. Um, two of my favorites, though, uh, there's one called uh, Pocket Circuit, and it's those little slot cars. Oh. Okay. And they have they have a huge track for them, and like tournaments. And there's a huge side quest where this guy you used to play slot cars with when you were like ten still works there, and he's he's ready to give up Pocket Circuits. But he needs to find a suitable, suitable replacement so he can go get married. So you're trying to find someone who is really into pocket cars when you were 10 and convince him to come take this guy's place so he can go get married. But to do that, you have to win all these tournaments and <laughs> pocket circuit. And it's a really fun minigame where you just like uh, design your car. You can buy new parts throughout the game. And then... It almost auto races. Like you don't have to do much. You have a little boost that you can use once or twice a race, mm -hmm. and that's it. Other than that, you just let it play out and hope you've designed a car that can. You know, this one's got a lot of loops, or this one's got a lot of tight corners. So you got to modify it a little differently. Um, so I actually did all of those. I got the trophy for doing all the <laughs> pocket circuits because they were really addictive. Uh, and there's another one called uh, Misu King Battlebug Beauties. And it's essentially Pokemon cards with like a rock, paper, scissors game to it. That's all scantily clad women wearing costumes that are themed after bugs. <laughs> okay. So you'll get, you'll find on the street, like something shiny and you go pick it up and it's like, you found the stag beetle princess. And, and, you know, she's got like a tube top on that's made out of like a scarab, like a carapace on her. Like, <laughs> okay. and you're fighting like the queen bee and you know, she's all bee themed, like swimsuit kind of stuff. And so you have to fight and all the kids that you're playing, you're like a, you know, 30 year old man. You're playing 10 year old kids, this <laughs> little card game to win. It's really funny. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
spent a, a lot of time doing that too. I didn't get all the cards, but I got like 95% of them. All right. So I, I won a lot of uh, Battle Bug Beauties. Okay. You'd be a lot of 10 year olds. <laughs> I'd be a lot of 10 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> um, so obviously, you really kept... like this game. I did. Like, I, I saw the appeal. I don't think I'd play this one again, but I can see where it's going. And I do want to try uh, the later ones to see if it keeps getting crazier. Because it did just kept kept escalating and escalating. Uh, like, the police that arrested you uh, in 95 ends up becoming, like, a really strong teammate near the end of this one. <laughs> and you find this underground guy who used to be a police, but now he, like, gathers information for anyone who can pay him. Uh, named the florist. And Ooh, I like that. Yeah, you, you, he's an interesting character. He walks around constantly with a robe that's wide open, just hanging on his <laughs> underwear. Alright. Yeah. Um, so they start building this like cast of characters that you enjoy too. And it has this huge climax in this giant like Nakatomi Plaza kind of building. Big explosion, like awesome fight. Music's really cool. Um, I'm kind of curious to know how the combat evolves, because it, it's it was all right once I got used to it, but kind of shallow. So if they can improve that part of it, that was probably the weakest portion of the game, I thought. So obviously there's a lot of Yakuza games. So will you... It's like seven or eight of them now. <clears throat> will you continue on with the series? or? I think so. Um, like a Dragon, the newest one, I've heard it's like a JRPG now. So they're like even experimenting with different genres, which is really intriguing to me uh but because they're so story heavy i don't want to just jump right there i want to see if i can i'm gonna try to kawami too mm-hmm. see how that goes and if it's at least as good as this one um i'll probably continue because i think it's probably around like four or five that it gets to the the really goofy stuff i'm looking forward to so i just hope i can make it through that far okay yeah. like how long is this game sounds pretty long uh, well, it depends how many side quests you want to do and how much you want to spend time in the city. So I wanted to at least try every mini game I could find in the city at least once. So I probably spent, oh, I don't know how much time I spent doing Pocket Circuit, five or six hours just doing that one. Uh, and then a couple hours doing the, the Battle Bug Beauties. Um, so I probably spent, I think my playtime was 45 hours total. Oh, and Okay, well, that's not so bad then. I'd say about 10 of that was doing uh, little games. Another 15 was doing side questy stuff. And then the other 15 was like playing the actual game. When I saw that the series was coming to Game Pass, um, that's what kind of got it like on my radar a little bit um, to to maybe give one of them a try. Um, I didn't realize that uh, uh, Xbox had integrated how long to beat into their um, into their app. So, oh, cool. So I'm looking at it right now, and it's just kind of right on there, which is great. So it's um, uh, they say 17 hours for main story, 32 for main and some extras, and 81 for the completionist. Ooh. So for hmm. absolutely everything will be that much. But you know, to play through the story, you know, 20 to 35, you know, plus uh, side stuff, whatever you want to do. I found some of the fights really tough so i ended up spending a long time doing the side quest just to build up uh the extra stats and then the last half of the game went by really quite easily Uh, other than the final fight was a little bit of a challenge again okay 
but uh, yeah, most of it, uh, the fighting's actually kind of tough. Okay. Right when you get out of the, uh, the prison, one of the first places you go is uh, a funeral, like a Yakuza funeral. Uh, so, you know, it's at this big, huge manor, and there's tons of people there, and you end up witnessing an assassination, mm. and they're trying to, like, pin it on you. So you have to fight your way out of a funeral. And so you just, like, fight dudes in, like, black suits like, that are there to mourn. for, And then you fight, like, 200 of them. Like, it's just <laughs> insane how many of them come at it's you. It's like a Dynasty really Warriors fun. game? At times. There's just an endless amount of guys, yeah. Um, yeah, the story was cool. Lots of twists and turns. And uh, it takes itself so seriously that, that it's goofy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you made a good pick then. Yeah, I'm happy I tried it. Definitely. I did notice that it doesn't start with V, so we'll have to. I, I made a mistake. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> next, the next next one we do, we'll have to get the alliteration all on the same page. Um, totally. So I'm, we'll I'm, coordinate better. So I'm just looking at Game Pass real quick, and it looks like they have zero, three, four, five, six. Uh, Kwame one and two and like a dragon so our i think they have two, the whole series oh really there. so one and two as yeah. i was gonna ask if they were um not available Kwame and Kwame two are one and two they're oh, remakes okay. of one and two i, I missed when yeah. you said that okay yeah so yeah it looks like they do have the whole thing then those are the only yeah missing pieces and, there and there's also a spin-off called judgment i don't know if they have that one no i didn't see that one yeah. Have, uh, it doesn't have Yakuza in the title. I think it's just called oh, Judgment. It's just Judgment. Wasn't yeah. there like a zombie one or something like that too? Uh, yeah, Yakuza Z or something like that for PS3, I want to say. I don't know how that one ties into the series though. Probably just some goofball side game. Probably. Yeah, Judgment. Find judgment Bill? Yeah, I did find Judgment. I don't see it on game pass but yeah i did find it okay so i think that one and the zombie one are spin-offs so yeah. I, they do have all the main series stuff very cool and then also just uh, the how long to beat for kiwami 2 looks very similar to uh kiwami 1 so expect a similar you know kind of length yeah that one was also a ps2 game originally so i thought it would be kind of the same and then maybe the next generation ones they might have changed the format somehow but right cool um if you guys don't have any questions about yakuza i've got some uh reader or some listener uh input we can have here yeah i'd like to hear it sure so tony um one of our patrons uh he didn't have too much to say but he did say he played through halo four and five recently he's been playing them with uh, a buddy of his um when they can get together which he's like we started halo like you know when they came out and we finally got to four and five like with the same guy so it's cool they've been doing it together that long oh the master chief collection right yeah yeah um so they've also been playing through all the resident evil games chronologically wow and they're like deep like they they started like 96 like resident evil uh, they are currently on uh, the Umbrella Chronicles on the Wii. They're doing all the spin-offs and everything. <laughs> Whoa. Kudos. Yeah, Some of those man. are not great. Are they also Most of them up to that point are pretty good. It's now where they start getting sketchy every yeah. release or two. Are they also doing all of the Resident Evil movies? Uh, 
Ooh, I hope so. Yeah. Actually, I don't. I don't hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're not too that. <laughs> um, our one of our newer patrons, Shaggy, uh, he joined us too. Um, he actually joined our our patron specifically to join in the backlog thing. I think. Um, so he, if you don't know him, he's a huge Sega Master System guy. I think he's like one or two games away from having a full North American collection. He's got a pretty good sized collection, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he wanted to uh, pick something for the Master System um, that reminded him of the 80s and 90s, he said. So he went with uh, Psycho Fox for the Master System. And I asked him if he's happy with his choice. He said, 12-year-old me would have loved this, but 45-year-old me says, no, thank you. And he just wanted to move on. Um, so he, he expected it to be a pretty typical platformer of the era. Um, and I don't know Psycho Fox in particular, but I do know Kid Cool, which is another game the same company did. And it's got really weird momentum. Like you have to, it takes a while to get your character up to speed. And then once you're there, like you can jump really well, but if anything hits you or if you walk into a platform or something, you, all of that momentum's gone and you got to build it up again before you can move well. And so he, he was saying like, yeah, I had a lot of weird momentum issues that did not really work for me. It didn't flow well. Um, and he kind of expected it to be a much more typical platformer of the era. Uh, something more in the made fan of like a Mario or a Sonic, I think. Um, those, that, that game sounds like it has infinite continues like Kid Cool, which is great because they're so easy to die because of the weird jumping and stuff in that game. And so he, he played it for a few hours and ended up accidentally not continuing one time and lost like all the progress mm. so that like killed it he's like i'm done not not starting this over again from the start after i was three hours into it kind of thing can't blame him good good effort though yeah that i feel the same way if it's if it's anything like kid cool like if you bash your head against some of those levels to finally beat them and then don't get to continue like well that's it's tough to get the uh get that started up again evil days before save states yeah uh so yeah he's not interested in playing it again or uh looking into other games uh, related to that i don't think ready to move on to bigger and better master system games hopefully uh and lastly i've got engineer mike uh who actually really went nuts with this uh so he and i both did ruler rose um, we also did the Lufia games uh, just prior to this, which kind of spurred the idea. Um, so, like, the Lufia games aren't short to begin with. Uh, he's also done uh, Icewind Dale and uh, the original Dragon Quest and Ori in the Blind Forest. Ori so he's been is so great. Really he's been working hard on this backlog. Yeah, that's that's a lot to get through. That's awesome. I actually um, I didn't mention this, but I was trying to also get through Guardians to get like a bonus backlog game, and I wasn't able to get through it. So I didn't. Guardians of the it. Galaxy. Yeah, but Sweet. yeah. So that's uh, that's my my next backlog game. Um, but yeah, it's awesome that Mike was able to get through some some extras. Are you doing Guardians solo? Or are you doing that with the kids? Solo. The kids have seen me play it, and now that they know who the Guardians are, they're like. Hey, like I want to play this now. So, cool. uh, my uh, middle guy started his own file, 
And if you remember that stage where like you and Rocket have this uh, contest, oh, who's going to get more of these things? So he's yeah. like, I don't know how to do this. And like, because it's not always obvious. And sometimes no. there's no um, waypoint. So there's a few times where I got stuck for five minutes just trying to figure out where to go. So I had to show him, oh, yeah, shoot this. And then you had to like squeeze through this thing. And then the level, you know, continues. So it's not completely, you know, uh, you can't just give it to them and walk away. Like they'll come back to you and ask you how to do things. But yeah, they're they're into it as well. Cool. All right. To get back to Mike, though, um, this was actually really cool. Um, so when I asked him why he chose the games he did. Uh, he kind of, he said s- several reasons. Uh, one of the big ones being companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, someone that Mike and I both know um, died by suicide a couple years ago. And so he was saying just after after that loss, uh, he wanted to make more time with like friends. Um, so me in this case, uh, to play backlog stuff. So we, we've been trying to do that weekly. You know, we get sick or my kids got something some nights. So we don't get to it every week. But we've been pretty good about it. Um, good enough to like play through two Lufias and Rule of Rose so far. A few other smaller ones. Um, he also wanted to go through Rule of Rose specifically because he's, he's got a few really collectible pricey games like we were talking about. And he wants to see, like, do I need to keep this one? Or can I like sell it? Because it's worth some money and I can put that towards other stuff. So I think he's glad he played through Rule of Rose because now he knows I don't need to keep Rule of Rose. I can do something better with this. Um, and Icewind Dale uh, he chose because he loves the Baldur's Gate games uh, and he, he knew that was like really similar kind of spiritual successor kind of game. So he wanted to, to try that out. Um, he says he's really happy with his choices for the most part. Um, I think he said for the most part specifically because of Rule of Rose. <laughs> I think he enjoyed the rest of them somewhat. Enjoy the money back. <laughs> yeah. Um, with expectations uh, for Lufia and the Dragon Quest games, he you know expected a JRPG. They did not disappoint in that regard. Uh, for Icewind Dale, he expected something similar to Baldur's Gate. Same thing, kind of scratched that itch. Uh, Ori, he knew, had that Metroidvania kind of uh, vibe going to it. And he was hoping for a creepy survival horror from Rula Rose. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that he got that exactly. Got a weird survival horror. Could have gone with something really weird and esoteric like a carrier on the Dreamcast or whatever. But I'm way more up for playing that or D or something. D's great because yeah. it's just so campy bad. <laughs> nice. If you ever play that game, you'll know right away. <laughs> um, so did he finish the games? Uh, Lufia's, yes. Uh, Icewind Dale, yes. Ori, no, he didn't finish that one yet. Uh, Dragon Quest, he just finished last time I talked to him, actually. That one's pretty recent. And Ruler Rose, we just finished. Um, and as for continuing on with any of them, uh, he has plans to, I think he's already started Dragon Quest 2, uh, but if, as long as that one still goes well, I think he wants to keep going with the uh, Dragon Quest games. Where's he playing them on? Uh, there was a, a Switch release in Europe, I think, that had 1, 2, and 3. Oh, really? Is either Europe or Korea with an English translation? Uh, that's the one he's playing the original three on. I'll have to ask him about that one. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, I got all the DS and 3DS ones, but I didn't know about that. 
I know a couple people who imported that one uh, for the Switch. Yeah, it's just got one, two, three on it. I think there are no real bells and whistles. Um, but uh, yeah, they're good. Is it games, just like NES so. ROMs on a Switch cart? I, I want to say the it's the Game Boy Color version of one for some reason. Like that remake? I already got the Game Boy Color versions, but. I could be wrong. All right, Mike, though. when you hear this, just bug me. <laughs> just let me know. Yeah, I'll, I'll get him to message you later. Yeah, anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up? No, this was interesting. I think if this comes up again, I would be I'd be better at researching a little more. Um, I, I would like to do this like at least once a year. Sure. So uh, next year, yeah. we'll give it a few months to do other things, and maybe we'll get back to it for the, in the spring or something. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, maybe do a, a, a test drive next time. But yeah, I, I had a fun time with it. So uh, yeah, I'd love to do this uh, maybe maybe first half of the year and then second half of the year. I wouldn't mind even doing cool. a couple of these. You guys got to clue me in on what letter we're picking next time, though, so I can, I can get in there. Q. <laughs> yeah. Kicks all day. A lot of Qbert. Uh, can I do Intelligent Cube? Ooh. I'll, I'll allow it. Um, so yeah, I just want to close thanking our patrons. Um, really appreciate it, especially uh, you guys that uh, took part in the backlog and threw some uh, info for me to read on the show. That was really cool. Uh, if you want to support the show and become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash collectorcast. I uh, would love to have you in the Discord. Uh, it's been pretty great. Like after last week's uh, episode about movies, we actually had some cool movie discussion in there for, for a few days. It was, was really awesome. Um, yeah, so thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.